2: Fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being with us here. It's Monday, September the 9th, 2019, and it's episode number 145. Uh, Before we get into fall, we're going to fall into some more retro wrestling. I, of course, am Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Hey, Mike, what do you like? What's going on? Howdy, diddy. Still working hard, huh? Working hard on the go. Hands Uh, on the clock are just spinning too slow. you know, road dog. (laughs) Yeah, road dog and things like that. Folks, thanks so much for being with us here. And uh, if you can't wait to be alone with Joe and Quinn tonight to hear about some retro wrestling, we're going to romp you through that world Uh, before we get to any of our topics for today. Just want to remind you, if you have a Twitter, you can follow us there. You can do that at OVP Podcast. We post a lot of videos and funny clips and crap like that. They're rare things, common things, a feel good Twitter account at OVP podcast. You can also email us at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is VP podcast at gmail.com. But when there's a really good place to talk about retro wrestling with you and me and a bunch of other fans and it's over
1: on Facebook. All oh, right. Facebook.com slash work slash working slash yes. working. work slash working. Right. Yeah. It's a good website where you can talk about uh, your job. Right. Punch that clock. Uh, if it has to do with wrestling. I mean, so only the wrestlers. Really, can I guess talk about it? Yeah, like the job squad. You can talk about wrestling as well on it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and you know how you get there this wonderful Facebook website, right? And a lot of people, very popular, hot website. Well, they have some hot tech called the search bar. And you type in the search bar, our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast, bing bang boom tubes, gore. Kaflui? Kaflui, yes. Ah! Kaflui happens. Ah! And boom! (laughs) You're, you're in? in. You hit the join, and you're in.
2: That's it. And once you're in, what you do there is you talk about retro wrestling. You talk about anything that you want. You want to talk about El Matador? Go ahead and do it. You well, can.
1: We're big Matador fans around here. <laughs> Very whatever, big whatever, Matador whatever. fans. Whatever his name is. You want to
2: talk about the winner Barry Horowitz? Go ahead. You want to talk about Sam Houston? Did he ever go by the name the winner? <laughs> yeah, somewhere I forget the where. What? <laughs> Global maybe. Anyway, if you want to talk about all that stuff, you can answer that question for Quinn. Head on over to our vantage point retro wrestling podcast discussion group on Facebook. It is a. Fun time we try to be positive. We're just reminiscing here, discussing friendly debate. It's the middle school lunch table of uh, retro wrestling groups, and watch out for the tater tots. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> the OVP group. It's cool. So head on over to for, it. Too cool for school. Too cool for school, exactly. And uh, later on in the show, we're going to have some information on our Patreon. We do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's if you want to support the show and if you want to get some exclusive extra stuff like pay-per-view reviews and live video reviews. A lot of cool stuff there. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But, Quinn, this season what we're doing is we're counting down to episode number 150.
1: Wow, 150 years. <laughs> That's a
2: lot of years to be doing yeah, this. It's been
1: tough. Producing one episode a year for century and a half, over a century, it's it's ridiculous, really. Uh,
2: And what we're doing is, we're appreciative of our fans that have been with us, you know, for for over one hundred and fifty years, almost. Yeah, it's it's
1: wild. I don't even know how they're alive. I don't don't know how we're alive (laughs) since episode one, but. Well, we here figured we are it out I guess a lot of vitamins and uh, stuff yep that's right and we've <laughs> we've been taking our
2: vitamins and we've been taking questions from you guys or segment suggestions in a little segment we call a uh, wheel you stop and basically what wheel you stop is is we're taking your submissions at ovppodcast.gmail.com at gmail.com it goes into the wheel we spin the wheel every week live right here live on the show and whenever it lands on we're gonna take your topic to talk about for the entire first segment
1: it's crazy we've been doing it for like five years right yes I mean, five it's, years it's, now this is the <laughs> (laughs) Fifth year we even? Fifth year.
2: (laughs) Yeah, low. And it even has its own theme song. So here is Will You Stop? There it is. Welcome back to Wheel You Stop, where one lucky winner today will have his or her segment suggestion chosen. Well, look at the crowd over there. Yeah, they're very into this, aren't they? There's some comedian out there telling jokes. (laughs) See? (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, Don't look at my punchline. Anyway, (laughs) Quinn, let's see. Uh, Sometimes I spin, sometimes you spin. Who's spinning today? I know you've been working hard. Uh, Yeah, you know what? I don't have it in me to spin the wheel. You want to do that? I'll spin today for you, Quinn. All right, let's give the old wheel a spin and see what we land on. Okay, it's going. Okay. Very good. Okay. Very good. It's moving. It is... Wow, congratulations to... Santiago Villalobos. Wow, what does he win? Well, he wants a butterfly effect. Okay. If Vince McMahon did not buy the WWF from his father uh-huh wow so there's a lot to
1: a lot of meat to this topic here there's huh? a lot
2: of meat uh quinn butterfly sound
1: effect please thank you very much okay. the That's butterfly it's sort of like a butterfly i guess <laughs> the butterfly effect
2: <laughs> was one of our older segments that uh eric points had originally suggested uh insisted that we do and basically what that is is where we we see how something would have panned out had a major event uh either happened or not happened
1: could you be any more vague crab dick.
2: Uh hey I'm game I mean this is a good question okay, uh, Santiago. so butterfly effect if Vince McMahon did not buy the
1: WWF from his father Quinn you want to kick it off here what do you thinking so well I think a lot of things can happen but I think that that's all contingent on understanding the history of the ownership here what is WWF like as a business entity performance like, art no 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 as a business entity <sighs> oh, excuse me the world what, what wrestling was it? federation or at like, least well yeah uh,
0: I'm an entrepreneur I'm what makes my company and this country go round and round,
2: well, we have to roll this way the hell back to the capital wrestling Corporation, oh, unfortunately, yeah, and that's what... what's that <laughs> well, that was owned by um. <laughs> jess mcmahon and uh toots Mont. yes toots, toots. Mont. Ro- roderick Je- jess mcmahon by I the way i think
1: they called him rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity <laughs> yes. back in the 40s or that's when that right he was around he was at uh, ihop is that ihop or denny's yeah he founded it I think. <laughs> that's
2: why it's on the menu No, no uh <laughs> jess mcmahon's son of vince mc vincent mcmahon senior took over the Capital Wrestling Corp in 1954. Okay. Okay, so they're doing the wrestling promotion and so all that stuff. So now we've moved
1: from Toots and Jess to, to Toots Vince. and Vince, yeah. Or Toots is still around. Okay. Toots is there. Okay, just clarifying.
2: toot, 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 toot,
1: toot. Toots passes away in
2: 1978, I believe, or sells his shares to Vince Sr. in the late 70s. And they're bought out by none other than... Gorilla Monsoon. (laughs) Now, Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, the touch chairs. (laughs) I think at some point in this, Phil Zacco got involved. Phil Zacco was a fellow Philadelphia promoter. You hear his name mentioned a lot in the intro to the uh, Allentown shows.
0: This is Championship Wrestling promoted by Phil Zacco.
2: What about Arnold Skullin? Isn't he involved? Yeah, and at some point, Arnie got involved. So what we have here is the CWC, the Capitol Wrestling Corps, promoting their shows in Northeast Territory, the NWA, throughout the 70s, right, going into the 80s. Mm-hmm. But young Vincent... Kennedy McMahon, the son of uh, Vince Senior, is uh, becoming more and more prominent behind the scenes. He has his own Titan Sports Company that he founded, I believe, in what eighty eighty one. He was promoting shit
1: in Kate Cod Coliseum. <laughs> Didn't he own Cape Cod Coliseum like it was like his first investment, <laughs> something you know, like that? Vince yeah. is always so proud of that. Like he, you know, I've heard him mention in multiple. I owned a, a building and uh, <laughs> we did hockey. It was fun, or it was, like something <laughs> like that.
2: I like hockey. It was a good game. Vince McMahon jr vincent kennedy mcmahon the assumption that most people have is that he inherited the wwf from his father or that he bought the entire company from vincent j mcmahon but quinn that's not quite how it went
1: no 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 there's a little truth to the inheriting a little bit yeah what apparently happened here is vince senior he's like 100 years old just like this show he knows he's in failing health right so he's just like like this show okay i don't want it like Fuck this shit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to go to Florida and, like, retire or whatever. You know, you know, you're retiring, right? You don't want to, like, yeah, worry. Take the pen. You don't want to worry about some wrestling show. <laughs>
2: you would hope, right? You yeah. want to worry about sponge cake. You offered me sponge cake yesterday. Then
0: i take it. You said you didn't want it. Of course I wanted it. I love sponge cake.
1: Instead of worrying about, like, what Rocky Johnson's doing, you want to worry Nothing. about the, the latest canastic game. Yeah, right. So, well, Camas is hot. Right, exactly. So he is like, here, son, have this. And he gives him 50 percent, right? So there's the inheritance end of it, right? Here's 50 percent of the company. But Vince Jr., as we know, is a very ambitious young man. Yes, he is. And he wants to own the whole company so that he can start a national because he can't do that if there's, you know... All these old timers. Yeah, Phil Zacco is, is yeah. holding them back. Or Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> or Arnold, I bought it. I don't care. <laughs> or Arnold Skull. Can I right? just mention
2: real quick, Quinn? Why was Girl Like so young and he's buying the company? I don't
1: know. Like honestly, <laughs> it's so funny like, to me. It's what's like, incredible to me? What's incredible to me about that also is the fact that like that's purely from like purse money. Like it has to be. Yeah, well, like, he was what, a smart what, man. Yeah, he knew how to other, save his money. What other like investments did he have? Like, I don't know how Gorilla Monsoon amassed enough wealth to own a third of a company See, or I something. I don't know. Or a sixth? A sixth, technically.
2: Yeah. I don't know if he had been a partner in World Wrestling Council yet by that point, because he was also a partner with Carlos Colon. In oh, the 80s. maybe
1: maybe off that Puerto Rico money. Maybe or, I can't yeah. remember. I mean, maybe maybe that,
2: maybe a little bit of both. Nevertheless, you were saying so Vince Sr. gives Vince Jr. half the company. Right. But the other half is still owned by Gorilla Monsoon. The combination of Gorilla, Arnold Skullin, and, and Phil Zacca. Phil Zacco, right. Right.
1: There's some arrangement made. June Um, of 82. We don't know all the details, but we do know... We won't pretend to. We do know that they apparently were going to... All three of those guys were like, okay, Vince Jr., we don't really agree with what you're doing, but (laughs) we're fucking old too, so like, we want to sell you our shares, right? Right. They say, here you go, Vince. Spend a lot of money. You have one year to pay us off yes, that for was the shares. To honor all debts by June of 83, I believe it was. Right, and we know Vince got his 50% from his pappy there. Yeah, his pappy. His, his pappy there in 82. Like your pappy. Basically, that leads us to this question. What if Vince didn't buy it? So, first of all, we're settled that Vince, you know, no matter what, he has 50%. Correct, in by 1982. But let's say... A year afterwards, it's like, oh shit, I don't have enough money to pay Gorilla, Arnie, and, and Zacco. Zacco off. Yeah, right. So what the fuck happens?
2: I think somehow Vince finds enough money and
1: buys it eventually. Anyway, so I—that's my ultimate answer. I think you're right, but how does this go? I don't does know. Does he make an arrangement with, say, a Zacco? Right, and he says, "Hey Zacco, can <laughs> you give me? Hey Zacco, <laughs> like I'll buy. I can't afford all three of you, but I can afford maybe even just." one percent to get the tick up to vince owning 51 percent majority right yeah like because he doesn't own majority and honestly those 50 percent they don't really mean shit unless you have 51 percent because you don't technically have control he's, this is true he's Correct. beholden to the other three guys uh-huh. at that
2: point yeah and gorilla i would not want to be beholden to right by exactly. the way in all seriousness so
1: does vince make an arrangement that way possibly but we're saying that we think Overall, he would figure out a way to get at least 1% so he could have controlling interest. That's what I think would happen.
2: Right. But I'd like to explore. Let's say he just doesn't. Let's say, let's he, say he just never makes sells. enough money. Let's, yeah, so he w- can't find the 50 bucks for the other percent, <laughs> 50 bucks, for, yeah. the, for the other 1%. <laughs> right. Maybe he could sell clams or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Who would he sell it to, his so, 50?
1: So you're this is the route where you're saying that I'm going to explore this one. That Vince is like... You know what? Fuck it. I couldn't make enough money. I couldn't buy. So this is worthless to me. And my dad gave it to me and it's worthless unless I sell it. Right. Like it's, uh, it doesn't really help me.
2: Does Vern Gagne buy it?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of options here. Vern Gagne is one because he's mid eighty three and he's there's a no fucking asshole. Like he, <laughs> he's not. Yeah, but I'm saying like he's just as competitive, right? He competitive, would, yes, yes, like, yes, he yes, would That's something he would totally do. It's like, haha, I bought fifty percent of WF. Like Vince would have done it. It's only fifty percent. I can't use it, but maybe I can convince one of those other guys to sell me the rest, and then I own WF. If I'm not mistaken, Quinn, I think Vince Jr. tried to buy AWA, and Vern said no. Right. So I could see it going the other well, way. Well, the other, the other. Prospect. the only other guy I can think of who would have enough money is... is uh, Jim Dave- Crockett, right? Yeah, Jim Crockett. And Jim Crockett was definitely, at that point in time, in the business of buying um, uh, wrestling promotions. Early 80s, yeah. yeah. He was getting there, right? Do you think maybe... Yeah. So th- those are our two options, I think, right? As buyers? I the guess so. Unless there's... It.
2: Knowing the price tag, I don't know what it was, but I'm saying, with the price tag, yeah, maybe. See, it's interesting. I think Vern might be the best... You think Vern option?
1: I think Crockett's more ambitious. He's younger. I think that he would he would seize on it. He would outbid Vern because Vern's more conservative. He's not gonna Vern's not gonna spend a fortune because at the at the end of the day, he thinks his American Wrestling Association is the best fucking shit around. Well, that's because the style of wrestling they do is what pro wrestling, right? Yeah, and he's got to re wallpaper
2: and reupholster everything in that uh, Minnetonka yeah, house. Like
1: Minnetonka. That's why I think it's actually more reasonable to think crockett might actually like try to outbid Vern and say you know what fuck him like fuck that old man you know he's just gonna mess it up anyway because he's old and he doesn't understand things <laughs> I oh, can, yeah i can control the entire east coast the like, eastern seaboard essentially right, right? And, and Vern's stuck in lake minnetonka over there Fuck him. denver sometimes yeah. or whatever he does yeah
2: but the question is did crockett have enough of a financial windfall by when where are they getting the money from Star- oh, they were they were rocking and rolling in '83. Right. Oh yes, Starcade had happened in December, no yeah. November, excuse me. So what is this Rick happen? fucking Flair.
1: They were selling every house out. Well, everyone had Rick fucking Flair, didn't they? I mean, yeah, yeah, he was had, traveling. They had control over him, which means they True. probably got a cut of whatever he was, whatever other shit he was booked in. How was Fritz doing? In 83. Pretty damn good, right? Probably not enough to... Nah, they weren't making, like, millions of dollars, but they were... That was their big year, though, 83. Yeah, they were making money. I'm not saying they weren't, and they were selling out houses, but I don't think they were making the money the Crockett's had. And even
2: Vern. Vern yeah. did well until he I botched th- Hogan off.
1: Yeah, I really think that it's it's underestimated how much money Crockett was probably making from just having any kind of control over Ric Flair. Right. Like, it, 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 he was a big fucking deal yeah, He then. was a
2: huge draw. He yeah. was on his way to becoming a two-time champion in 83. Yeah. It's it a big I've, deal. I,
1: and maybe I'm wrong, but I've always made the Never, assumption twin. that Flair, the Flair-Crockett connection, there was some kind of cut involved. It's just how, like, Andre worked, basically. Yeah. Because then, why the hell were the Crockett's in control of everything else? Because of Ric Flair?
2: Maybe they had the loudest voice or the biggest purse. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't
2: know. Let me ask you this though: If Vince McMahon doesn't buy in some way, shape, or form, let's say there's there isn't his influence anymore in the WWF, what happens to that company if um, it's bought by someone? Is there ever a northeastern? Well, so okay, so, I mean, so how I, does it own and
1: operate? I don't. I think if it goes to Crockett it goes on to be just as innovative and interesting. Because I, I really think that history has rewritten that like somehow JCP was like shitty or something, and that's like, oh. what? WCW and all that shit, it didn't get bad until JCP exited. like oh, that's me, true. We
2: know that. But history is uh, written by whom? Vince McMahon. <laughs> the winners, but yes, Vince McMahon. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, I know. And I, I agree with your assessment. There's this weird notion that you know, Crockett wasn't gonna make it. We they might have. Vince just fucked him at every turn. And look, it's a cutthroat business. You're trying to win. Right. Vince
1: counter program counter that at almost every turn. But as but here's the thing, is that I think that it's it's also a misconception that somehow the Crocketts were maybe less innovative or something than, than Vince McMahon.
2: I don't know that anyone else would have had the foresight to do what Vince did as far as the celebrity involvement Maybe to the, the extent s- that Vince did.
1: Yeah, but if you look at back at some of that Crockett stuff too, even like pre-WrestleMania, like Starrcade, he's got celebrities like in the crowd and stuff. And they I know that. They, you know, Ric Flair's always consorting with basketball players sure. and things like Like Crockett, the Crockett's weren't like completely like unaware of that mainstream. No, but thing. they didn't put one in the ring the way Vince they did. They didn't put one in the ring, and that's true. Vince was willing to go that step further. The Crockett's saw it as like, well, we can have them at the ring, and it looks right. like it's really important and stuff. Yeah. But Vince was like. He put you know, several in the ring. And I think he learned that from his dad with Muhammad Ali. And I was going like to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was actually Vince Jr.'s idea, wasn't that yeah. his big angle in the, 76? Yeah, the Crockets were not against celebrity involvement. They were just, they were not really about them being in the ring.
2: They were more flexible, I think, and more progressive than a Vern Gagne is perceived to be.
1: Oh, yeah. If Vern got control of WF, that would have sorry he still
2: would have gone out of business yeah
1: he would have (laughs) somehow fucked it up like like the the crockets you know would have figured out a way to get rid of him
2: but Quinn there's never a Wrestlemania without Vince McMahon plain and simple there's not the global branding
1: and it's gotten to be like a, a multi
0: million dollar business hasn't it big money involved here it's popular
2: very, Very popular. popular. But you guys sell out arenas all across North America, and then a couple of times a year, you do one of these WrestleMania things, sure. and and it's a pay-per-view deal, and those things bill huge dough. Listen, NWA is great wrestling if you're a great wrestling fan. WWF, even in the 80s, going into the later 80s, global,
1: almost. I don't know, Joe, though. Phenomenon. I, not I phenomenon, think, but I global. I think you're... You're underestimating no. too, like what Starcade could have become had there not been a WrestleMania in the way.
2: Yeah, Maybe, but because
1: imagine Vince is out of the out of the picture. But then to me, the Starrcade, bar is just lower. Uh, well, no, but I'm just saying Starcade goes national and like it's really in every home on pay per view every year. It essentially become WrestleMania. Like uh, uh, there's no other competition to it other than WrestleMania. There's WrestleMania and Starcade. Yeah, so I mean that's like, true. I agree. So Starcade would have been the standard bearer. I know that probably pains you to even think that, but also keep in mind yeah. that the Crockett's would have entered the Northeast and that's what we would have grown up with. So we would have been like, oh, Ric Flair and uh, Starrcade. And like, uh, that would have just been what we thought was like wrestling. Uh, ah! Yeah. I- yeah. And, what, a, and who knows, what a horrible thought! And, and who knows, Hogan might have still fucking like said fuck, 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 Vern. Vern anyway, he would have just said like, well, the Crockets exist. I can go there. They would have just. It would have been that instead <laughs> of Vince. Like, <laughs> yeah. But and then Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan coexisting because I think Hogan was going to succeed regardless. Like that guy was he driven. had
2: charisma, man. Yeah,
1: he he had the charisma. He was driven to succeed. I think yeah. he, he just would have cohabitated with Ric Flair, and it would have been that. Would have been the big rivalry. I don't like, think he
2: becomes Hulk Hogan though, Quinn. Who
1: knows? It might
2: be. I don't know. I, I think. Do. I
1: think he becomes, it's sad to say this, but Hulk Hogan might have been Ric Flair's Randy Savage. Maybe, you know what I'm maybe. saying? Like,
2: you know. But again, a lot of that storytelling and the way they do that, it comes from the way Vince told stories. Uh, that's true. Truthfully. No, I mean, and I'm not taking The face-based what,
1: champion, yeah, I'm Vince. Not, yeah, it would have been a different route for Hogan. Hogan would have always been fighting the nasty heels. Yeah, and, right. like, always coming up a little short, that's sometimes very NWA, winning the
2: title. Very Southern, yeah. Yeah,
1: that, I mean, they just, they do it the opposite way. I, right. I never saw it as bad. I think no, people perceive it. I just they, they perceive that, well, if the bad guys are always on top, then the good guys are always fighting back, and they're always, sure. they are always always got something to fight, right? Absolutely. Right. I get yeah. it.
2: Who's this guy fighting the bad guys? We don't want him. We want the turtles. Overall, though, is uh, I think that what no matter what, Vince McMahon Jr., you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, his stamp, his influence, and the way he thought, in terms of marketing, forget in-ring product, because that's more in the hands of the wrestlers and bookers and agents, yeah. but marketing and vision, I don't think anyone had that the way he did. Not that people didn't have great ideas, not that people weren't good wrestling minds, but Vince saw it bigger in, in just more of a, a marketing global way that
1: no one else did, and I think that was the yeah, difference maker. And I, I think also my last word on that. My last word is this, is that I think wrestling still would have gotten big, but I just don't know if it would have been as big. Right. And it's not to say that it wouldn't have been Big. It's big. Sure. But would it have been a publicly traded, this conglomerate? Right. Like, would the Crockett's, like, have maybe respected the business enough to not try to buy all their competition? Like, they would have left something for them to fight <laughs> against yeah, right. because of some kind of perceived, like, well, we have to leave it a little bit right. like I don't think they would have become some like mega corporation.
2: No, I don't think we'd have an on-demand uh, on a, net- you I know, a network. I think they would still be like on
1: national television because everyone yes. was getting a cable. Well, yeah. I mean, for all we know, WMCA to- Masters was. Right, yeah, for all we know to this day, Crying out there loud. might just be a Saturday program. To this day, in 2019, yeah. a Saturday program at 6:05, and that it just would remain that way. Dinner time, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And well, just, Seth Rollins would have been the the NWA champion on on 605. You know, know, it could have been different.
2: A lot of things could have been different, folks. Let us know what you think would have happened had Vince McMahon not purchased or got his hands on the World Wrestling Federation from uh, his dad, Vince Sr., his pappy, if you will. Uh, But, Quinn, when we come back, very serious announcement to me. we got to talk about the Royal Rankings here. Uh, We're going to be putting two more finishers onto the Royal Rankings. That is the 10 Best, and that'll be coming up right after this.
0: martial arts get real. WMAC Masters, world martial arts champions. These WMAC Masters compete for each other's key, and you control the action. Superstars' powerful sword slash, the machines' pulverizing two-handed
2: twist, Great Wolf, swinging club, Red Dragon's double-handed sword, Olympus's brutal kick, and Tiger Claws' fearsome death grasp display their keys on the coveted dragon belt. So get real. WMAC Masters from Bandai. Hey! And And now now, back back to our vantage point point, the Retro Wrestling wrestling Podcast. podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 145 here on Monday, September 9th, 2019. Hey, Quinn, before we get into the uh, Royal Rankings of Finishers, mm-hmm. we do have a Patreon that
1: we've talked about Oh, before. right. Uh, I think I know the URL for that. What is the URL? What does that stand for? Universal Resource Locator? Y- yes, that's the name. It's uh, Com/slash. OVP Podcast. Very good, Michael. Look at that. Maybe there's HTTPS or whatever. There could know. be some S. Yes. Yeah, it's secret <laughs> or whatever.
2: <laughs> now, HTTP secret. Now, if you want to see some secret stuff over there, you go to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. We have uh, three rewards tiers that are really simple. $2, $3 and $5. Two bucks a month gets you the live video of the making of every single Monday episode, meaning right now, we are also on video, believe it or yeah, not. right now we're wearing shirts. We are wearing shirts, and you can see those shirts if you go to uh, patreon.com slash OVP
1: podcast, $2
2: a month. You uh, can
1: also see the lovely uh, Doc <laughs> Hendricks uh, picture, picture of his chin. <laughs> picture of his chin that we have finally uh, procured. Yes, that's right. It's uh, been procured right from the uh, the action zone itself, or whatever the the event center. That's right. Big thanks
2: to uh, Nate Paro Ring Skirts for uh, pointing us in the right direction with that image there. Uh, you need, you need shopping
1: instructions <laughs> for something like that. <laughs> Very
2: important. Yeah. Uh, Two bucks a month gets you all that, including Doc's chin. Now three dollars a month, you keep the chin, but you also get uh, every other Friday we are reviewing live nineteen. 83 wbf championship wrestling we're in january of 83 now
1: wow we have made it yep. the big time really big the time don da morocco days <laughs> yep, that's
2: are upon right. us <laughs> we've done all of 82 some of it is available for free on this channel or this feed and on our youtube channel But we are going now every other week, 1983, WWF. You can check that out with us for only $3 a month. And then $5 gets you everything that we do on Patreon. The whole kit and caboodle. Both, yes. That's what they say. Yes, they do. You get Doc's chin in the raw videos. You get the watch-alongs from 1983 every other Friday. And every single month, we're doing every WWF pay-per-view in order. We started with WrestleMania 1 and Mm. uh, coming within maybe 10 days or so, is going to be Wrestlemania 4. Return that's, of the Snore. Yeah, <laughs> Wrestlemania 4, Return of the Snore, and for October, we're gonna do WrestleFest 88. That's whoa, getting thrown okay. into there.
1: Uh, that It's the plans, I thought. Yeah, no, we're doing oh, it. Whoa, it's really? wild card. Okay. Holy moly. WrestleFest 88, WrestleFeast 88. Something with Andre the Giant, or whatever, yeah, a cage so, and it's <laughs> outside, or something. I don't Nailed know. it. somewhat with Billy Graham doing commentary. Short form of it, but if you want the long version of the review, go Stick get around.
2: it. Stick around, yep. So, so, uh, five bucks a month gets you everything we do, and uh, we try to make it really worth your time, really worth your money on Patreon. We don't, we're don't, we not trying to rip you off. Check it out, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn. Yes? This is important. Royal rankings. And folks, if you're new to the show, what the royal rankings are is before every season starts, we ask you, the fans, a list of your 10 best and your 10 worst of something. Uh, the 10 best go into the royal rankings pool. Mm-hmm. The 10 worst go into the royal flush pool. And we alternate weeks, right? So one week will be the rankings and one week will be the flush. And we do that until the end of the season where we have the definitive OVP scientifically ranked, you know, calibrated, no certified, GMOs or no, no GMO, zero GMOs. Not you know? genetically modified None. in case you don't know no, that no, no, nomenclature. No. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. You want to make sure you have your nomenclature correct. By the end of the season, we'll have the 10 best and 10 worst finishers of all time ranked right. one through 10. This week is a royal rankings week, but we need to address something from two weeks ago. Oh, do we? Before now? we even get into the royal rankings here, at number one is the uh, pile driver and the tombstone. Very good finisher. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I
1: think worthy of the greatest finisher of yes. all time. Right, this second.
2: However, here's where the problems are with people, Quinn, because we got a lot of feedback on this, a lot of uh, notes, cards, and letters, facsimiles. Yeah, feedback. Yeah, feedback. You can hear it right now. You
0: yeah. <laughs> suck.
2: A lot of postcards were yeah. sent in. Because the stunner is number two and the doomsday device is number three. I don't have a problem with that. I know you don't, but you and I did talk and we figured, all right, well, the fans, very upset that the doomsday device is below the stunner. You know, I think there might have been a problem with the calibration of maybe our micrometers or gauges or something Excuse like that.
1: Excuse me? Is this anything to do with bad beakers? I don't know, but... Wh- I heard the beaker factory something with a shipment recently.
2: It's possible, Quinn. Yeah. So what I want to do here, uh, make a very important announcement, groundbreaking, without precedent, this is unprecedented. I'd like to. He's a, he's a freaking
0: nerd. <laughs> 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 well,
2: if you're wondering what that was, so am I. And yeah. at number four is the sharpshooter. Yeah, the, the sharpshooter. Number
1: four, good finisher.
2: Good finisher. Uh, it might, we're going to have to see
1: if it slides down the list or not. I'm not sure. Can't let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so we, that, <laughs> we, we do not do any sliding around here.
2: <laughs> so that is the uh, the top four right now. We're going to add two more to the mix. So why don't you go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is now... I drop super five 15 feet high.
2: It is the royal rankings of finishing moves in wrestling. Man, Quinn, we got a uh, four good moves on the board here. Uh, and we are going to add two more to the mixer, Michael. Two more. Two more two this more week. Players. Yeah, two more players. Player as we uh, rank the top ten finishing moves in wrestling as voted on by you, the fans. We've got the pile driver slash tombstone, the stunner, the doomsday device, and the sharp shooter. But Quinn, we're going to add two more. now. I'm excited to find out. Why don't we all go down and find out who drew or what drew? I should say number five. Well, Quinn, it is a finisher of one of your favorites here, the Super Kick or the Sweet ah, Chin Music, the if you will. Sweet Chin Music. I hate
1: that name for the what? record. I'll be objective <laughs> okay, about the move uh, now though. To be fair, I, I hate that name. I also was not a fan of the name. It's shitty. When it came along it's so I was shitty a fan. But to be honest with you, it's I Sweet Chin Music. I know it's stupid, but it No, kinda- it is. It's stupid, yes But after I don't know why Maybe it was just Sean like Shawn Michaels humor Maybe it was just like the yeah. Oh, the sweet chin music Maybe the, it was just Him hammering it into me But for whatever reason It grew on me eventually like, So was Mold By the time It was like later in his career In the second run I was like, yeah, sweet chin it's music whatever. It's a crappy like, name Sweet chin music yeah. It's a good move. Now, the super kick is actually a really cool name. Actually, I always thought that was a cool name. Super kick is fine. Obviously, pioneered by Chris Adams. Gentleman, yes, Chris Adams. He's the- very gentleman-like. <laughs> and
2: it's very super, also. <laughs> uh, he might do one of the best one. Probably the best super kick
1: is thrown by I Chris Adams. not say Sean's is any like a bad uh, one or anything. Let's not. To be defending him just yet here. Okay, okay. I'm I, I just him. never thought it was a bad finish. It's bad not like he doesn't do it
2: badly. It does it finally? Yeah. Uh, the young bucks do super kicks as well. They oh. stink. And what's his face used to like to yell super kick all the time? What's his name? The one that used to oh, be thin and now he's fat. Yeah, Steve
1: Carino. Well, he, that was for the young bucks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Super That's not necessary. They did the super kick too much. That's why I don't like how they do It's because they just do it over and over. And then no, they're the best some, wrestlers some, ever. Some coin. guy just no, keeps really yelling good. super kick as they're doing it. They're
2: really good wrestlers. So why good. Why does he
1: yell sweet chin music as they're doing that's it? That's a stupid name. And even <laughs> Steve
2: Carino knows that.
1: Aww. Now, the super kick
2: is a finisher. Chris Adams, again, pioneered it. It's great. It's I don't technically know the name of the kick. Because I'm not like a, a karate guy. No, so a martial I know arts the name guy of
1: the kick because it's a reverse crescent say, kick. Reverse crescent <laughs> kick! Yeah, <the> kick. <laughs> oh, wait, like, even after they called it Super K, you say, Oh, there it is! The reverse crescent kick! Oh, there's that patented reverse crescent kick! Because <laughs> your leg it looks like a, a crescent moon. Right, right but it's a reverse because you're going backwards. I don't know how you would do a forward because your knee doesn't bend that way. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, hit
2: him with that reverse
1: crescent kick. Yeah. So the reverse crescent kick became (laughs) Shawn Michaels' finisher around 94. Did he have it even when he had Rhapsody in the blue and all that? (laughs) 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 I thought he had the clamshell suplex or whatever the fuck it was called in the Royal Rumble game. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What did they call it? The the teardrop. Teardrop, yeah. Okay. Let's, it's let's,
2: stupid! Let's, let's.
1: It's always so. Dumb. I'd be so frustrated when I would play it is that video game, and it's like it's just like a suplex. grabs him by the balls and like lifts him over his back. It's almost something. the angle slam, but they get less perpendicular. Yeah, it's, it's really dumb. Almost the same
2: move. Now the Rockers actually did stereo, you know, dual super kicks a lot.
1: Yeah. So I mean, and they were experts at everything, Tag including specialists. Yeah, and it's only natural. Cocaine. That Shawn Michaels would be an expert at the the cr- reverse crescent kick. Now, do you think the Rockers did twin lines of coke together? Maybe. Probably, mm-hmm. right? think they hung around. I, I've always wondered if they were as big of friends as everyone says they were. No, they were. Yeah. Until like 91. Couldn't tell by that breakup.
2: Well, Jenny tried to escape. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> right through that window and act a Yeah. Now, like I said, Chris Adams either invented it or definitely popularized it. Michaels brought it to the WWF as a primary finisher. He had knocked out Diesel with it a handful of times by accident in 1994. Right. That got the move over. Before that, he was using it more of a transitional move it was never his finisher and the teardrop suplex yeah, of exactly <laughs> now by 95 that was the best era for the michael superkick because he wasn't tuning up the
1: band all the time yet and he was still snapping it off really quick so here's the thing is there's two phases of this move and the first phase is very short the first phase is the like it's kind of like the diamond cutter like it's like he just does it out of nowhere to anybody yes. like and, and it's a finisher also that's the exciting part. Sometimes even when he was like pudgy, Sean, he would do the one where he would like stand them up while they were like woozy. And do- I saw him do it on Superstars yeah, a couple of times. And I was like, that's weird. It, it is weird. Yeah, It's like, but anyway, tune up the band comes after he's like the champion and stuff.
2: <sighs> yeah. So he, he decides or someone decides. I always thought
1: this was Vince trying to market the move. Maybe. I, it sounds I just, like Shawn Michaels' humor, though. To be honest with you, Sweet Chin music, actually, when I first heard it as a kid, I literally thought it sounded like Vince at the desk made it up. It could like, be that, not too. Even, not even like Vince while he was calling the move made it up kind of thing right right Yeah,
2: it could be that too Quinn
1: I I honestly don't know he was the first one I ever heard say sweet chin music I thought Sean was the first one personally for me I just because I remember on like Raw it's like oh and he's turning up the band (laughs) sweet chin and I was like did Vince just make this shit up like what no
2: I I do want to mention that uh, that was retained as Shawn Michaels finisher through the entire rest of his career which is incredible I mean that's a long time to use that move
1: especially because like Sweet chimneys. I don't know why it sounds like it goes with heartbreak kid and like that kind of like motif. Ugh, the way it's said it's or gross. whatever. It
2: is so disgusting. But my
1: point is, is like by the even the even the beginning of the second half of his career when he first came back, he yeah. wasn't even that character anymore. Not really. No, you know he was I mean? older, grizzled. Yeah, it was just like I'm doing this for my kids. Like yeah, it's exactly. like they, they didn't talk about him like getting ladies or no, right no, there. no. Like it was weird. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, but hey, it stayed his finisher, and now it's obviously like Quinn mentioned with the Young Bucks is overused as a move. And, you know, one of the things that gets criticized is the thigh slapping to make the sound.
1: Yeah, I guess. Michaels did
2: it pretty well. Yeah. He hit it pretty well.
1: Yeah, I never really had a problem with, like, noticing anything with the with the clickiness of it, like how he would simulate it or anything. The Bucks
2: are a little more obvious about it. Right. Uh, it's one title, no doubt, for Shawn Michaels. It was a, a... You can get a good pop off a move like that.
1: Oh, yeah, because it does... The way the the opponent falls from it, it's very sudden. It's just yes. like all of a sudden they have a bunch of energy and then they don't. They're lights right. out.
2: Brett Sullivan, and I'm not putting Brett over because other people have sold it really, but Brett Sullivan at WrestleMania 12, uh, when Michaels hit him with the second one and won the title, is that's like textbook of how that move is really good because it wasn't a ton of Sean stomping and tuning up the bit. He just fucking hit him with it.
1: Brett yeah. was walking forward and he just fell back, and that was it. Well, I've always found that like the tuning up part. It this stinks. Might sound, no, but this might sound really stupid, but the tuning up part to me came about in an age of there still being jobbers because he, he was doing it on like raw when raw still had jobbers. Like when he first like started tuning it yeah, up and, right, would, right. and like to me, it's like, OK, well, you know, to spice up when you're facing like Freddie Joe Floyd, <laughs> like it's like that's fine. It's like when you're facing a real opponent, like they're going to know it's coming if they hear that. So that's really stupid. Yeah, but they never did know it was coming. That became the thing, you know, and he would just constantly do this in the corner
2: for 17 minutes while someone like staggered to their feet like they've never seen a
1: Shawn Michaels match before. To be fair, Shawn wasn't the only person that did stuff like this in the history of wrestling. Like Edge was pretty fucking loud when he was getting people ready for the spear, for example. Yeah. or like Randy Orton when he's doing the RKO he like yeah, puts his fists on the I don't the like these yeah, things. Yeah. because <laughs> it's saying. like
2: If you're a wrestler and you're their opponent wouldn't you just watch like a tape of theirs and see that they do this? Oh well, I hear them stomping
1: you- on the mat. I'm gonna move. Yeah like with the RKO like unless it's completely out of nowhere like it's really stupid when he does that movement where he like kind of slithers onto the ground and then starts like hitting and you're like what the fuck like why would like who gives like how would they like not know that they're getting set up for an arcade
2: exactly (laughs) or when
1: Shawn Michaels is standing in the corner for you know, 105 seconds just stomping on the mat. Or like the Sister Abigail. How did they not know when they're getting kissed on the head before that they're going to be in the Sister Abigail in like a second? Or when he's looking at them from upside down or yeah, whatever he used to yeah. do. Nevertheless,
2: it was a very popular finisher uh, among some people. But I, I do want to mention, this is the one move, if any move came close, to getting onto both lists. It didn't. Okay? Which um, is
1: surprising. I, I wouldn't it, think it would be hated that much. Joe. It got
2: almost onto the
1: flush list as well, which would have been unprecedented. I mean, we've always said from the beginning, and we've been doing this for a bit now, it's like we are always surprised that that hasn't happened yet. Right, right. Like,
2: honestly. It's possible. It's allowed to happen. And right. And when it happens, we'll just have to deal with it and I'm talk almost, about why I'm almost, it's bad. Yeah,
1: I'm almost sad that it hasn't happened
2: <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? It made, it almost made it. Like, it missed uh, it by a couple of votes to making the worst list also. But nevertheless, that's the super kick, the sweet chin music. I think that's a decent finisher. We'll see where it comes. uh, You know, we hit ranking time. But right now, it's time to bring out number six. So if you're ready, Quinn, so am I. Let's do it. Let's find out what drew number six.
0: (laughs) Cradle suplex, perhaps? No, 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 no. That's the perfect plex.
2: The perfect plex. All right, right, I can get behind the perfect plex. It's. Got a great name. I think it's
1: super overrated this move. Oh, okay. Um, well, got
2: the votes. Well, yeah. Let's clarify for any new people. Yeah, let's go through what the hell is the perfect plex. Yeah. The perfect plex was a fisherman suplex.
1: Now, is it a fisherman buster or is it a fisherman suplex. suplex? I think it's okay. technically a cradle suplex or something because yeah. what you're doing, let's describe Why is it, it not a buster? Can you explain? It's su- you're landing, they're landing on their back. If it was on their head, then it's It'd a, buster. Be a buster. like okay. a brain
2: buster. Yeah. Okay. Ghost buster, whatever. Yeah. The cradle suplex, fisherman suplex, perfect plex, used by Kurt Hennig primarily, obviously, in the WWF, and then I think it was just the Hennig plex when he went back to WCW in '97. They couldn't use yeah. that, to, so right. just put
1: his, his name was on it before. <laughs> yeah. Put his name on it now. Right, and you got to move the Kurt plex. They should have called it ah the Kurt
2: plex. The <laughs> maybe and, they didn't like that. Maybe they didn't. And basically, all it is, you set the guy up for what would look to be like a vertical suplex, right? But you're grabbing them by around the calf, like the inside of the knee. And you, when you slam him back in the suplex, you're grabbing that one leg and you're doing a neck bridge and you're putting him into a pinning combination right off the impact of the move.
1: Well, I always thought it was interesting because when you land, when he lands on his back and he's hooking the leg, yeah. it's like how they always say, oh, hook the leg when you pin him. So it's kind of a, it's kind of, it has the way when you finish him, it's just like. You're upside down, but like hooking the leg, so it's like it, it looks cool. But it, it immediately to a wrestling anybody who's ever watched a wrestling match, it immediately looks like a pinning combination. It's right. Not, it's not confusing as to what it is like when they land.
2: Right, because you're you're hooking the leg immediately. Right. Yeah, and the way it looked, the way Kurt Hennig did it. Other people have done it too, obviously, but the way Kurt Hennig did it. It looks so good, it took a lot of probably
1: raw strength to do that. Right, although there's probably some jumping into it, right? Of course, there's
2: cooperation, but the the way he does the neck bridge and holds it, it just looks awesome. It's a really cool-looking move. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for moves that end in a pinning combination.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool in that aspect. It's just like, I know I go on about this sometimes, it's just the, the... I feel like it's somewhat low impact or maybe medium impact. It's not like... It's medium, probably, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like most finishers, at least, like, good ones, if you landed them, even if the guy was at, like, full strength, like, if you surprisingly landed it, like, you would just finish them off, but why would you lose if somebody just randomly did the perfect plex to you?
2: Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It doesn't look like a
1: finisher, you mean? Right, yeah. It looks cool, though. Yeah. It really does. No, it looks cool. I just That's all I'm saying. It's just there's, like, no impact to it. That's all. Did he win a lot of stuff with it? Or yes, just, he beat, like,
2: all the jobbers with yeah, it. Yeah. Superstars but did, stuff. Did he win anything important with it?
1: His two IC think, titles. I'm trying I don't to know. think uh, as for his matches on pay per view. Usually, actually, people would kick out of it. But and then that's they would the other say thing. he's
2: never. No one's Not, ever kicked and of and out of that before. Would say it, like every time, <laughs> like people always kick out of it.
1: Right when superstars fought Mr. Perfect, they had no problem getting out of the fucking Perfect play. Right. Like,
2: it, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. though, yeah, right? It's like, true. Like, like he
1: didn't pin. He didn't really win at pay per view anyway. That because that, that was, often. Well, because that was sometimes. The, to me, also, that was the Mr. Perfect like like flow I guess of his feuds was that basically it's like I'm perfect and nobody can beat me and look you know like all these people they're they're losing them and they're all like Freddy and Freddy and Jimmy and all these right, people yeah. right and like they just Russ. <laughs> yeah like all these dumb people basically you get to the pay-per-view and it's like oh I'm can beat him and then they just beat him and it's it's over. Texas tornado comes yeah, in and beats him. Yeah, it's like that's like how a Mr. Perfect feud works. Like it's like he yells he's perfect and he looks perfect because he's always winning. And then he loses. and then you you have to like well he overcame his perfectness like that's like that's literally how that's why that character is stupid to me and that's why it never worked as a face. Hmm. Like honestly, okay, because like how does he like interesting, interesting thesis? Because like. He's a guy that says he's perfect all the time, Joe. Like, how? Why should I root for that? And he doesn't. And he isn't perfect anyway. Yeah. So he's immediately he's never telling li- the truth. He's a
2: big liar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he did beat Blue Blazer with it. I think at WrestleMania Five. Oh, that's really nice. I don't- <laughs> Maybe Terry Blue T- Blazer is
1: practically a jobber. Come yeah, on, that's true. Maybe Terry Taylor at SummerSlam '89 with it. Well, it, that was he had to, or he wouldn't have been Mister Perfect.
2: That's not the same thing. That's <laughs> okay. not that. That's yeah. at WrestleFest actually yeah. coming up next month. Uh, okay, we'll get to see the legendary match.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, no, but it, it, it's good.
1: Okay, why do you think it? Sometimes when we when we don't realize, we say, "Why do you think it made the list?" Then, well, because I think people have really fond memories of it so here's the thing that i've always found with mr perfect right yeah people watching in 1989 and 1990 they must have done and you know i've seen some of the episodes but not all and i but and also i didn't live it so i didn't live it from a week-to-week perspective sure same here which would have in real time been like months right right i didn't live the whole like them basically being like he's perfect see he's perfect and they would just like drill it the fuck into you and it's a testament to how the old formula was because they would do this with everyone but for some reason i guess because mr perfect overtly said he was perfect, right yeah, like yeah. it really was drilled into people's heads like man he is perfect like i've never seen him lose ever right and okay. so these people who saw this go down they saw the perfect plex every week and they're like man damn like this guy's the shit Who's right he's gonna beat him right but when you look at it from like you pull back a little bit and you look at the whole run and everything it's kind of short and it's like it's not that great like it's just like i mean honestly i feel like ted dibiase could say the same fucking shit about like he lost just as little but also the million dollar dream was like hyped the fuck up yeah true true you know what i'm saying so it's like i don't know i just look at it in the in the pantheon of wrestling like i just think mr perfect is like he's good but it's and his finisher is just kind of whatever like at the end of the day,
2: hey, I mean, one of the things that Quinn has made a habit of, and this is not a criticism, this is a good thing because you need a counterpoint, is taking what is fondly remembered and shitting all over it. And I think <laughs>
1: <laughs> not all the time, no, not all the time. But and you- listen, I'm I'm yeah. also admitting that like I get why people would not like the super kick as well. Oh yeah, no, I like know. I get it. I like, know. It, but I think there's a little more impact to it. Like that's my only debatable. If, yeah. I'm, I mean, if I'm comparing the two, but it's
2: not even time. It's not time. ranking time, but when it is, we can talk about that. I think one of the reasons it made it too, in addition to what you said, is it has a really cool name that fits the gimmick. That's true, and that always helps, like a sharp shooter, stone cold stunner. Yeah, you know, doomsday and device. It, it even it looks
1: impressive, but like it does, it looked different. No one was doing that. But again, no impact. Like I don't I think there's impact. No, just well, I guess m- medium impact. I guess the point I'm making is that if I'm playing a wrestling video game, right? Just I know this sounds really stupid. No, but I not, get it, or If I'm doing, playing a wrestling video game, right? Yeah. And, like, I do the perfect plex. It's not going to take off a bunch of health. It's just well, like a, it's Royal just a, Rumble for Super Nintendo, it will.
0: WWF Royal Rumble on Super NES 16 Meg me. This guy's
2: working. It's perfect.
1: If you somehow landed the perfect plex a on a finisher. guy in Royal Rumble, i do it. that video game. I've done it. But that doesn't always. That doesn't, like. It's if, not like. If you fucking deplete death. their energy. That's not like the Undertaker tombstone. Like, it's like. But like, you're done. Like, you're get out of here.
2: Well, there's that feeling of satisfaction in some of the games when you do moves and. Uh, I'd say that there are several moves much more satisfying than doing a fisherman suplex. I think
1: I've seen... In the SmackDown games later on, the Perfect Plex was just some like up and circle or something. Well, like, I, I f- say, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, like, now we're judging it based on the difficulty it, what, to it, do. It didn't even make it like uh, it up to the R button. Smack- like, it didn't even make it up there in SmackDown versus Raw yeah, or, or seven or, or whatever. The right stick, whatever they changed it to later. You know yeah, what I mean. Right stick. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Uh, I think with that said, though, it's it's fair to rank now. Want mm-hmm. to run it down one more time, folks. The uh, the rankings right now are the pile driver, which includes the Tombstone, the Stone Cold Stunner, the Doomsday Device, and the Sharpshooter. Quinn, the super kick, I feel we just, and probably same with the Perfect Plex, started at the bottom and worked yeah. it up and see.
1: So this is a case where, oh uh, man, it's tough. Like it's I don't know. Brett versus Sean
2: again somehow. Yeah,
1: I, I'm, not, I'm not even meaning to do that, but in this case, I don't know if the super kick beats the Sharpshooter. Here's the thing with the Sharpshooter that I do like about it. Is that you can kind of tell a story with it, like while they're in it, because it's a submission hold finisher. Excellent point. But, excellent point. With the super kick, it's kind of more equivalent to like the RKO, right? It's like, it's like a sudden or the diamond cutter. Or a lariat. Yeah. Or like a lariat, right? It's just like, boom. Or the stunner. It is over. And I think, honestly, I know that, I know you hate the like tuning up the band thing, but I think that was the sad attempt at like trying to convert that move into telling some kind of story. More of a
2: psychological move. Right.
1: Because like, The only time they ever executed it right was the like, I'm sorry, I love you with the tuning up. True, because he used that delay in the action to to, to 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 give up soliloquy. Like, well, basically, it was like I don't want to end Ric Flair's career, but but I kind of do. I, I kind of well, because I I'm an athlete and I want to win a match right, at right. WrestleMania and get the big purse money. Well,
2: like, it is if, like Gorilla would always yeah. say, and also money.
1: Rick would not want me to hold back because he said that in the in the he that, did. That's why that I always love that little storyline. By the way, just that like Ric Flair's like don't hold back on me like like before the match or whatever. Leave the memories. Yeah, quickly. exactly. So anyway, like I. Yeah. <laughs> to me that's the only time they ever successfully use the tuning up as like a storytelling element. Right. The one good thing about the, the super kick in general,
2: whether it's the Shawn Michaels, you know, tuning up version or whatever, is it can work in reversal spots where yeah. it's ducked and avoided.
1: That's so true, but a, the sharpshooter could do that too. Yep. Good point. <laughs> Although it is more um, in a weird way, and I guess this fits the Shawn Michael character. It's a lot more like athletic looking when it's all reversed, like people are like flipping and like spinning and stuff. Yeah, like, it looks cooler when you like counter the super kick, right? Like for whatever reason. Now, if it were real, getting kicked in the face uh, would hurt. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, without question. There's no you, question there. If you did that to your friend at full speed, I don't think he's getting up. No, that like, would hurt. That would fucking like, and hurt. You, and you nailed them in the face. Like it's not. No.
2: No, you don't do that. Yeah. Uh, the sharpshooter also hurts, as we know. Right. Really but, hurts.
1: Okay, let's put it... Let's. Here's one problem with the sharpshooter. It's mm-hmm. not realistic that you would ever be in a situation in a fight. <laughs> I know. You know if somebody would be on their back, and you could raise their legs, and they wouldn't try to do something, and whatever. Unless you've just got them stunned enough, which I guess is the same thing I mean, with the Doomsday device, usually right? Usually when there's riots and there's fights in the streets, people are just always doing sharpshooters to each other well and doomsday uh, devices too. Right, doomsday devices I love but when, honestly
2: like when, when I, the blood puts the crip on his shoulders and they do a clothesline off of a Chrysler
1: yeah exactly but honestly could you in a real fight you could actually in a weird way see somebody trying to kick somebody like well yeah like, like just running like running at them without them seeing or something and just like trying to even if it hits them in the back or something like i could totally well, see course. somebody like attempting that
2: but if that's the only criteria then the super kick's gotta be number one because no one's doing pile drivers or
1: stunners no in no it's not either. the only criteria right it's just it's like one of its little edges is that like it it's that it's sort of realistic a kick yes yeah. it's a kick yeah then again it's a kick yeah exactly whereas the like the kick is like even in a in, even in a street fight a kick is like a sub move yeah. like, it, it's like you usually use your hands but like if you're like in a weird situation where you can like execute that shit like you do
2: it but <laughs> now we got all over the heart punch Quinn that in the flat, well, yeah. but it's a
1: punch yeah but at the same this time this is a kick. you forgetting the heart punch aspect where you like hold their arm like why like, like bigger target yeah it's more so,
2: defenseless it's so dumb I'm okay with keeping the sharpshooter above the sweet chin if you want. I think it's,
1: yeah, it's closer than I originally thought, to be honest, going in. Like, I thought it would, I thought it would actually be the sharpshooter would blow it out the water. Oh, did you? I thought, no. I'm like, wow, that's actually like, that's a a tough decision. It is. It's a tough dice spin. On
2: the spot dice spin. It's tough, but I think the sharpshooter is better. I just, it's cooler. Okay. Perfect plex. Perfect plex.
1: I think it's below the kick, personally. Do you really? I just, I cannot get over the lack of impact. I cannot I get know, over man. the, like, the fact that it's kind of just a regular move and just one guy ever did it as finisher. Like, he, <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. Dude, a lot of other people use it. No, them. nobody fucking used that shit. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there's are still like no are you sure <laughs> there's probably somebody who tried but they never made it big but like as a tribute to kurt hennig maybe oh yeah probably get Curtis axel yeah did he as, did he did of course he did but like other than that i know that val venus used it but not as a finisher oh yeah and they would say fisherman suplex yeah when he did it but yeah it was just like a regular move he had <laughs> they like, should have
2: called his something more sexual
1: well, eh. I'm not going to could, go, could you do fishing and sexual in the same? Do I don't want p- do to that right possible?
2: now. Yeah, you can, but okay. I don't want to talk about it right now here. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Points in its favor. The perfect plex.
1: The, uh, the ends in a pinning combination. Excellent. Yeah, that's good. It is unique. Yes. No
2: one was doing it. Right, so yeah, one guy. Nobody really has ever done it since either. <laughs> Nobody's used it as a finisher since. Yeah.
1: But you know, then again, no one really used the Doomsday Device too much outside of the LOD. It's happened, but yeah. But I always thought that, to be honest with you, the Doomsday Device was the precursor to like the Demolition finisher and yeah, like, the, the heart, heart Attack and all that. Like it's like the Doomsday Device I is kind of like finish was a yeah. lot better
2: than the Legion of Doom. I thought you we were better wrestlers too.
1: But the Doomsday Had Device matches to me. I think of some of the earliest me branding too. of like. You know, trying to make a tag team finisher.
2: Yeah, I th- I think you're right about that, Michael. Okay. I think uh, Jim and I, though, I think we had a really good finish. I hope we make the, the royal rankings Brett, here. Brad, you
1: think everything you do is the best. I just, it's because I think that... The Sharpshire's at number four, Brad.
2: What I do, well, it's four out of ten right now. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if it makes it, you know, any higher than that. But, you know, what I do, I think I make it look real. I don't think every single person makes it like slapping your thigh to okay. do it. Do kick doesn't make it look real, but Kurt was a really good guy. I would put the uh, the perfect plex above Shawn Michaels and the super kick. Brett would put the perfect plex above his own finisher
1: because he loves Kurt. Perfect, probably so would much. actually. Uh, I d- disagree, hard disagree.
0: Objection, overruled. No, 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 no. no I strenuously object. Oh, wow, you strenuously object, and I should take some time to reconsider.
1: But Above tell me, the, do you, where do you feel it stands? Because I feel like I am just I am using my like. No, I, I, I you're really being don't. Fair li- Quinn, I don't really I like the perfect plex that much. I, I like it. I think it's cool. Like I don't want to take away from that, but I just, I just the, Im- the impact thing really bothers me about it. It's pretty impactful.
2: You ever see when Kurt does that to people? You are all the way over the top. Boom! One, two, three, or one, two. No one's ever kicked out. I all, think of it more as a
1: pinning combination first, and a something that actually hurts you second. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but is that necessarily bad as a finisher, Quinn? A lot of finishers don't do Like, a lot of finishers do both. They knock you the fuck out, and then you can pin them. Like, well, I think the...
2: Yeah, I, like, I get like, what you're saying. Like, that the, the perfect plex is more of, like, a suplex that you get pinned off of. Yeah. Instead of anything that would
1: hurt you. Right, yeah. But it looks cool! Yeah, but it's not like you're landing on your head. You're landing on your back. Like, the part you always land on. Well, the stunner's <laughs> number two, and that looks
2: dumb. In terms, of, like if you think about it, had that make number two anyway, Quinn?
1: I think it, that was, it was because of the i. Par, I think part of it was like the entertainment factor with it, because it's like you can do it to like anybody, and it's like kind no it of universal. The legacy of it looks like it, it looks enough like it would do something like the Doomsday Device, though. For to be fair, move to
2: move, it's better. But as a like, we, the, we can't
1: relitigate the, all. Of no, this. we're not. We yeah. already
2: discussed this, right? Yeah, we already made our announcement. Uh, exactly. But I'm just saying that uh, the Stunner. It became a phenomenon. Yeah. I think that's how it made number yeah. two. But back to the perfect flex. Is he, it better than the super kick? I mean, what are we even talking about? We're arguing the bottom right now, right? So it's, it's like tough. The super kick's a little like a little lacking though as a finisher in wrestling. Don't <laughs> At least think? it's
1: got impact. That is the biggest problem. All yeah, the when- of these things on this list look like they could fucking kill you. Look, if I'm put in a cradle suplex and landed on my head and neck and getting You're pinned... You're not landing on your head, though. I'm landing on You're my not back! on your butt, still mostly, hurts! But
2: <laughs> it still hurts, and then you get pinned.
1: The point of the finisher almost, is to finish the match. I almost wish match. we could get a... Um, match. I almost wish we could get a video of Brian Malonis, because he's the only wrestler we really know, of like executing all these moves, and then we could like see if they all hurt. like or, like or Which ones look the, like they kill you the most. Tell like, you what, 100, in succession.
2: 100 patrons... Brian Malonis, live in studio, will do every move to Quinn and we'll find what? out.
1: What? Excuse 100 me? Patrons. 100 Actually, patrons. Actually, I would like to know from a wrestler perspective what would be, like, the worst thing that could happen to you on this list. Probably like, getting
2: enough. dumped on your head on yeah. the pile driver, Right. Or f- breaking your neck on the Doomsday device like Hawk did to Henry Goblin.
1: But that's only if you land wrong, right? If, like... Yeah, I don't think that's Hawk's That's fault. not the actual clotheslining part. No, like. no. The stunner probably doesn't hurt i mean
2: i don't i'm sure you could hurt your throat on the shoulder you know i mean, obviously but like well,
1: i always thought you could uh rupture actually, your adam's apple no not even your adam's apple like i thought like you could literally like fuck up your chin bone you know what i mean like if you're coming down that hard yeah that's true like that's yeah that's a good point your yeah. chin bone i don't have some problem with that i just think you just fuck up your mouth and your teeth and shit true and that's why it's a stunner and not a like killer yeah it's not like yeah Exactly. The name's in the move, really. Jawbreaker. Anyway, Sharpshooter, Perfect Plex. Sharp uh, perfect perfect Where does kick? that land? Ah, it's cool looking. I think that's all it has going for it, though. I know. It I didn't know. win much. I really would like to see it higher, to be honest, but I can't, I honestly can't put it above the Super Kick yet. I'm trying
2: to because I fuck the super kick, but
1: I know, but the super seriously kick, to me, the super kick is like in the same vein as like the diamond cutter and the RKO and stuff like it's the same. It's an out of nowhere, like pop the crowd bump move, right? Right. Yeah. But and it's that's a kick. Cool. Yeah. But the perfect plex on the other hand is a like a, there's a setup that's unrealistic.
2: What do you mean unrealistic? Well, then all suplexes are unrealistic. All verticals.
1: Yeah. Say. And most of these aren't suplexes. Well, true. I mean, (laughs) I guess the pile driver is the only one that is like unrealistic, and it's number one. So whatever. (laughs) I guess that doesn't matter much. Hey, I
2: mean, if someone really wants to dump you on your head, if they're a lot bigger than you, you're fucked. I mean, you're gonna get dumped on your head. Oh
1: yeah, like if somebody got you at least on their shoulder, like you're you're not getting like out of it at that point. Yeah, and but I would think the same thing's true then for the sharpshooter or the perfect plex. We're relitigating all this stuff. This thing hasn't even made it past the super kick yet, Joe.
2: I know. I'm trying to hop it over the super kick.
1: Okay, put it. O- I I don't know what else to put it over. Like I I don't know. It didn't win much in terms of
2: titles oh. and no, in, t- in terms of titles and in terms of, like I know it was Mister Perfect Finisher. Even beat
1: Tito Santana for the Intercontinental title with it. I don't, I don't think, so. think so. I thought he just had, he hit him in a like a small, small package.
2: package. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how he beat Von Erich. I know DiBiase interfered. Yeah, that
1: that's true. <laughs> so I don't know that he even won his two titles with it. He might have done the perfect plex to tornado after like DiBiase like distracted him with his millions of dollars or whatever why the hell was DiBiase even involved in that because he's an asshole like what did he have to do with that he Nothing. didn't even feud with just Texas a, just an asshole yeah. literally like he was just being a I dick mean, he was sort of in league with Bobby most of the time but that's yeah, about it yeah that's about it yeah he, now the super kick
2: or the sweet chin music. Ugh, at least won Shawn Michaels a couple of world titles yeah that he didn't lose in the ring it's but influential enough
1: to have been used by others
2: Right, yeah, and he beat the big guy with three super and kicks. I don't, count don't forget, Curtis Axel. because no, that's no just, his, no.
1: Of course, his son uses it. Like, duh. Yeah, it's like Natty using the sharpshooter. That's because her dad, dad. Brett used it. Remember how Jim Neidhart did the sharpshooter all the time? I hope he did, did like once somewhere. Just so that she could say that footage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, listen, folks. I'm sorry. Like, I know a lot of people are fond about this move, but I think so I, am I? I think I also explained why. I don't that, disagree, Quinn. That, it's a little overblown. How like here's great what we want to know: is. if
2: you disagree, which is absolutely okay. Yeah, we heard you about the Doomsday Device, and your points are valid. We're not changing the rankings, okay? But <laughs> your points are valid. Well, They're the great. name
1: of the show is Our vanity.
2: <laughs> yes, it's just it's what we came up with that week, and that's how we're going to keep it. Yeah, but if you think the Perfect Plex is better than any of these moves, let us know. And but here's the thing: let us know why. Yeah. Because if you're just like, it's better, well, great. Yeah. Uh, what I, if we came on yeah, and said they, that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't just be like, <laughs> you're wrong.
2: It's better. Yeah. Because it's an opinion. Yeah. Let us know why. Yeah. Because I like to hear that. I, right. I really do. Like, exactly. I like I like to know why. But if you come on, no, it's better. You're wrong. Well, why is it better? Right. We don't just come on
1: here. The show would be eight minutes long if we did that. <laughs> oh, the perfect place is better. Bye. But I you think, know what I mean? I think, to be fair, we gave it enough debate. Like, we yeah. tried to. It's just hard, because, like, honestly, the Super Geek and the Perfect Plex are... They're both crappy, in my opinion. They're both, like... Really? Yeah, they're not that great. (laughs) They're not. Like, to be fair.
2: (laughs) They might be the bottom, too. I don't know what else is coming, but... but we'll see. They might wind up being near the bottom. Yeah and uh, I'm a surprised the sharpshooter didn't move down but I think you're right I think that the super kick and perfect are like worse somehow it was. It just
1: came down to like you could tell more of a story with the sharpshooter Yeah, though. like that's it, it maybe like,
2: a little more legacy to like,
1: the sharpshooter and I do appreciate that Shawn Michaels was innovative enough to figure out a way in a match to tell a story with to the put some psych- psychological yeah. aspect into it right that just shows how good of a worker he is it shows that shows can like do that but like at the same time it's like he couldn't do it every match no no because yeah. when you can't then it'll get old Yeah. alright so we're going to finalize here? Yeah, sure. All right.
2: So for this week, folks, our current rankings at number one, the pile driver, which includes a Tombstone. Number two, the Stutter. Number three, the Doomsday Device. Number four, the Sharpshooter. Number five, the Super Kick. And number six, the perfect plex. That is the top six right now. Finishers in wrestling of all time. Quinn, when we come back, I'm very excited to hear uh, some more color and commentation. Uh, And that'll be coming up right after this.
0: Big Daddy Cool, you and the Heartbreak Kid used to put on one hell of a garden party. But now, the parties are separated, and it's time to throw up the 15-foot-high steel cage. You know, everybody said that the heartbreak kid couldn't hang with you in a no-holds-barred match. Whoops. Proved them wrong again. But now, the odds are once again stacked in favor of Big Daddy Cool. Why? Because I'm inside... Of a steel cage Well let me tell you something Big Daddy With the membership of the clique 20,000 strong in Madison Square Garden And they start stomping And I cue up the chin music You my friend have got no choice But to go straight down Oh you've got to wonder in New York Will Shawn Michaels be able to crank up that sweet chin music Who cares
2: And welcome back wrestling fans To our vantage point The Retro Wrestling Podcast It's episode number 145 when there are other wrestling podcasts that exist, you know that? Yep, yeah, apparently there are. Now, they're not all hosted by Conrad Thompson. They're not all hosted by us either. No, no, no. Ooh, so, we can't be doing that. Well, we don't have enough time for all that. No, we don't. But if, mean, There's like a million or something. There's a like... million or, or so, and yeah. we're going to tell you about three. That's okay. all, just three. We're, we're not going to overcomplicate. <laughs> no, no, books. no, just three. So let's start with the wrestling podcast about nothing. That's uh, WPAN. It's hosted by two people that have worked in the wrestling business. One of them is currently a wrestler in the current ring of honor and his name is the
1: uh, brawler Brian Malonis. Right, uh, he brawls and he wails and he drinks wine. He drinks wine, yes. Sometimes they call him the Wine City Wailer. <laughs> yeah. His partner, of course, is the Beer City Bruiser and his partner
2: on the show is a guy that uh, uh, used to referee and doesn't anymore. Allegedly. He pretends that he'll be back one day to ref, but no, he's retired. His name is Mike Crockett. Mean
1: Mike Crockett. Meanest, that is. The biggest daddy. The most retired it, of the refs. Too. Yeah, you know, all the, all of the accolades. All of the, all the accomplishments. Yeah,
2: uh, And these two host a very very good show about uh, being wrestling fans but also working in the business so you get some behind the scenes information some reflections some stories and some cool analysis that you wouldn't get from people like Quinn and myself who clearly have never worked in wrestling we're right. just members of the wrestling podcast now, media
1: is this some kind of radio station do you have to like no, turn Quinn. to like 101 oh, something no, and no,
2: WPAN no. obviously no WPAN you know the wrestling podcast about nothing oh okay yeah, it, it's yeah. an abbreviation gotcha an acronym possibly uh, but check it out really good show and then on Thursdays if you want So you can check out the critically acclaimed, award-winning, greetings from Allentown. I heard the potties are really... the potty awards. potty awards are really hot for this guy. They are. And uh, that's hosted by one very quirky fellow. His name is young Peter Winson. The youngest. The youngest. (laughs) 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 He hosts the show. Isn't he like 40? He hosts a show but where... That's young in my book. <laughs> ...where he uh, takes an episode of Old Wrestling, and he'll talk about it, but also he talks about a lot of other stuff. I can't explain it all to you now. Just listen to it. It's complicated, but it's <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth, exactly. your, it's worth the complication. Yes, exactly. Check out Greetings from Allentown. And then if you like your Ratro wrestling, as most of you do, with your holds and your southern fried tater tots and grits and all that shit and country fried steak... It's good. Check out booking the territory. I like the frozen kind. Yeah, I know the you do. Marie kind Calendar kind of, probably.
1: Yeah. Oh yes, Marie. <laughs> I, got, I got two Marie calendars that I don't want that I could give to you. Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Check out the Marie
2: Calendar podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. It is Mike Mills
2: and Booking the Territory because what these guys do is they go south of that Mason Dixon line. They go into Smoky Mountain wrestling and the NWA, the Crockett era. Right now, we and, are and in Marie Calendar wrestling and well. Marie Calendar's championship wrestling. So, yeah. Check out Booking the Territory for a fun romp through the Southern Fried Retro Wrestling. So again, our three friends of the show, we're talking about the wrestling podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and booking the territory with
1: Mike Mills. But Quinn, we're not reviewing something Northern today. No, it's more Southern and it's Western. It's both. It's a little bit of both. I don't know how, <laughs> how you're in both, but we can do that. Apparently.
2: You can be in the South and the West, so it's diagonally. Some kind of
1: geography. Something I, like I, that. Don't
2: know. I don't know. I don't have a compass on me. Uh, but what we got here, folks, is Southwest... Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. which we've reviewed one other time. We reviewed an episode, I believe, that was from 1981. Right. A long time ago. A long, long time ago. Now, and this is notorious for being
1: the color in the commentation or whatever. Yes. The, like- l-
2: the last time we reviewed this, we happened to catch an episode where... Lou of all people was our color and commentation person and we were very impressed with Lou thought he did a great job he's fantastic <laughs> it's for real we're now, not this being is funny like
1: a year and a half later yeah, or something right
2: about that and Lewis
1: is still there
2: he happens to be there for this one as yeah. well uh, now Southwest Championship Wrestling what is that if you don't know it was actually Joe Blanchard, Tully Blanchard's dad, mm-hmm. his promotion in the uh, southwest of the United States, specifically San Antonio, Texas. Right. And it was around from 78 to 1985, not a very long run. It was then a... But surprisingly short, because right? this isn't even like that bad. No, it's not. And yeah. Basically, one of the things about Southwest, probably its biggest legacy... In 1982, they got a, a very good TV deal on the USA Network, Quinn.
1: Oh, did that? The United States of America <laughs> Network, <laughs> yes, right? That's right. And that's actually what we're watching. Oh, this that's aired what this is. I, didn't even, I couldn't tell it was on USA. But then, then again, USA Network is kind of dumpy, as we've seen. In the, Throughout the 80s, yeah, yeah. it's not
2: that good. Now, this is January of 83. In September of 83, even though there were some really good ratings and things were going well, have you ever... Uh, who, who's a notable time slot buyer uh, Vincent, Mister McMahon. Yeah, whatever. Vincent, Mister. We talked yeah. about him earlier on the show. Right. He's a very important Mister. Yes, he's a very important Mister. And Mister McMahon purchased the uh, time slot that this was on. I think they got thrown off the air due Man, to some bloody sucks. angle or some crap. Like someone at USA got mad at that Southwest for some angle. And tossed him. And Vince swooped in. But it doesn't in. sound
1: like the the other company that they got mad about, Brian Pillman and all that <laughs> no, shit. No, not at all. So anyway, Vince McMahon wound up purchasing the time slot a little bit
2: later in the year here. But yeah, I mean, from what we've seen, it's only a couple of shows that we've ever watched. It's
1: really not that bad. Right, yeah. It's actually, like, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's surprisingly okay.
2: We've been on a pretty good run this season of stumbling into stuff that we kind of like.
1: Right, I mean, <laughs> seriously. you know, it can't always be dumpy. No! Although this is a little, this episode is a little less as good, I guess, I don't know how else to say it. But yeah, like, it's not eventful. Yeah. It's not like nothing's gonna, well, there's like one really, really good thing that we'll get to. Right, but most of it, it's like they're like, there's some tournament and it was yesterday, but it's not. Yeah, like, it's airing, it's all out of sequence. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. I understand, but anyway. So let's just get into it,
2: folks. It's a nice little breezy little watch. I had fun watching this. It wasn't yeah, it hard wasn't at all. It wasn't hard to do. No. So it's Southwest Championship Wrestling. This is a January the second, nineteen eighty three. Yep. We're back to the
1: glorious Southwest, and it's overly hype music. Oh, very wow. triumphant, right? This music, you need to, like I want you to play every music break on this because it's so good. <laughs> like I just want to keep hearing that damn song over and over again. Yeah,
2: I will. I'll make yeah. sure to do that. Uh, but in this uh, opening, we get lots of slow motion drop kicks. A guy almost hitting the ceiling off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Bruiser Brody, camera looks like it's covered with grease or something in the yeah, intro. The ring
1: is like puke green. <laughs> Plus, you get to see a very dumpy title belt. Oh, in the like, intro? It's just got like one piece of, I don't know, pin <laughs> yeah. like yeah, on like, a, tin plate. On like a workout belt. Yeah. Like that's like what it looks like. It's true. Uh we're welcomed here by uh Steve Stack. What? Yeah, it's a crappy mustache, <laughs> so I just called them stash or mustache the whole episode. Steve Stash. It's like really like did you notice that? It's like it's yeah, not it's like bad. it's like the dirt will kind it's like the, that it's like, like three millimeters high yeah, on it's the bottom like of his lip. It's not like enough mustache to call it a full mustache. Lip lip tickler. Yeah. I'm Steve Stack. Who's Steve Stack, by I, the way? I don't know. Was he in the other one? Maybe. I, no, I don't remember
2: him. Yeah, But anyway, he does run down uh, some of tonight's lineup. And without any spoilers, I just want to say I'm excited. Some big names here. Mm-hmm. Some names we know. Uh, but even better, Quinn, like we said, he introduces his partner to do some color And some commentation tonight. It is Luthez. So good. I like Luthes a lot. He's so good. Now, first of all, he's wearing fucking sunglasses (laughs) and a leather trench coat. Just awesome. It's fucking good. It is. Yeah. Now, secondly, Steve Stack over here mentions that Luthez has just been appointed the new commissioner of southwest championship wrestling
1: congrats lou very like good. i was like very proud of him
0: the newly appointed commissioner of southwest championship wrestling congratulations mr Thez. thank you very much and i'm very pleased to be a part of this organization
1: yep and no wonder he can afford the leather coat now i mean new, big you bucks. Know, new job title That's uh, right joe. cushy office probably
2: <laughs> very cushy yeah joe blanchard really dishing out the big bucks here for right. mr Thez. uh lou of course is pleased to be here he says it's probably the most prestigious and progressive <laughs> wrestling
1: organization I love how he like acts like He's, this is the biggest shit that you're it's good. Like what you're watching here on USA Network in this puke green ring it's <laughs> it's just like there is no better wrestling this is the best right uh he he says he does a lot of world hopping and globe trotting, but very this
2: is braggy. good shit. Yeah, yeah I know. very uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, Steve Stack mentions how a uh, Dick Slater's SCW Heavyweight Championship has been vacated due to not defending in 30 days. What happened
1: is Slater actually left. I mean, I didn't even know that. I didn't look it up, but I pretty much figured that immediately. Then he left. He, yeah, he was like, I didn't ta- uh, defend it in time. Okay, and I'm like, oh yeah, he like he quit. Left. Yeah. like he got somewhere else. <laughs> Whatever. So, in a charming moment here uh the
2: camera which had been in a somewhat tight shot of the two of them of Stack and Luthes now they both pro- probably pull up as the camera pans out a poster board with tournament brackets written it's, onto it it
1: seriously looks like fans made it it's like great. i'm not even joking it's like in black sharpie and then there's like the the one part that says scw it, like some somebody colored it in with blue sharpie, yeah. like, and that's like that's the whole thing. And you cannot, you can barely see the names on this thing because oh, yeah. of the camera angle. Uh,
2: Sixteen, it's very charming, very charming. Sixteen men in the tournament, uh, the names of which are written there in marker. Uh, here's what I could make out: grappler one, Jerry Lawler.
1: <laughs> okay, the amount of like different people, from yeah. different stuff <laughs> is really weird in this tournament. Steve-O?
2: I don't know if that's, like, from Jackass. Barney Martin? I think that's Seinfeld's dad. Mm -hmm. Scott Casey will be in here, and now Luthes, though. Look, he's serious about his commissioner duties.
1: Right, yeah. Oh, he is so fucking serious.
2: So he gets into this whole thing about how you're not going to be allowed to be jumping off the top rope anymore. But what not do you only think that, this
1: is? yeah. Not only that. That's the one we always hate. But he also is like, no fucking interference. Yeah, you can't interfere. None of that
2: bullshit. Nope. He's cracking down yeah. on all of that because he's serious, Quinn, about the abuse of the rules that's gone on, and he's going to start throwing out suspensions if he has to.
0: Jumping off the top rope uh, and making contact with your man, throwing a man over the top rope uh Outside interference, which has really been abused, and uh, uh these things are all going to have to be corrected.
1: Lou is bringing down the fucking hammer, <laughs> yes. and you better get the hell in line. Like no f- fuck, like you, do not mess with him. He's got a leather coat. You
2: thought gorilla was harsh?
1: He okay? Yeah. So this came off like he is like the gorilla <laughs> right. of NWA. Like right. it's like way it's ahead like, of his time. Though. You're not gonna like. Challenge him to a fight, no, no, because like, he's gonna just be like, "Oh, you want to? <laughs> like, I, hey, I was the champion, like yeah, for like twenty years. Yeah, or whatever. So like what? What? Who do you think you are, Andre the Giant or like <laughs> Nick Bachwinkle or whatever? Right, right. Like, Fuck you. Like I can beat your ass still. <laughs> it's, it's true.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. We cut to a commercial and uh, we come back where Steve Stack is with Nick Bachwinkle speaking him. Now this is weird because they keep referring. To Bachwinkle as the world's heavyweight champion. Vaguely, though, they don't yeah, say of what, right? And uh, technically, he is a world champion. It's AWA, but still, it's AWA world yeah, champion. Yeah, and
1: why is the AWA involved in this tournament and in this show? <laughs> like, why are they like connected in any way? Apparently, they had a uh, a working agreement. I guess Southwest
2: did, yeah, with AWA for a little bit, which is what odd. even
1: is Southwest? Like, why are they it's just, just allowed to like just they like literally like? There's people from WF on this <laughs> there shit, are. and they're like. AWA, like no all over the place like there's nobody is obeying any of the territory well, shit on this episode i
2: guess they're working agreement to take three so vince is still in the nwa technically is, South,
1: is southwest like kind of like you know how bob ross holds the palette of different paints this is like the company that is just a bunch of different like wrestling paints and it's like yeah. you can just whatever oh. you want
2: put some uh, burnt sienna over here <laughs> yeah and a exactly Bachwinkle over here yeah
1: exactly <laughs> like you could just they don't care
2: and if you tell anyone that that bush is there I will come to your house and I will cut you. Bachwinkle says that he's starting off 1983 in a magnanimous and magnificent mood. He'll be facing Mike Graham today. Typical, you know, Bachwinkle promo. Well spoken, and he talks like this over and over again. <laughs> yep. and he makes sure to point out that he's been doing this for a long time. You know, very eloquent. But anyway, eloquent. He, ma- yes. yeah. he makes it sound like this is a uh, this non-title match here. It's of the utmost importance, which I'll give him which, credit for. Which, honestly, I almost bought into. Too. I was like, <laughs> right.
1: Isn't Mike Graham, like, isn't he, like, the top guy in Florida or some shit or whatever? Yeah, they like keep after... making a
2: big stink, too, that he's coming in from Florida.
1: Right, yeah. Well, I just know that from, like, you know. NWA. NWA. Right. And, like, after Dusty left, like, the Grahams were, like, yeah. the top guys there or Not Billy Graham, though. Different yeah. Graham. Yeah. So, They're in the same kayfabe family, though. Right. And I guess my point is, is that it's yeah. just not a... They're not schlubs, let's put it that way. No, like no two one's two supposed to be a, sh- a schlub, yeah. yeah. And Bachwinkle does a great job
2: making this non-title match sound important.
1: Now, of course, there's nothing that Mike Graham would like to
0: do than be victorious right here on television. Of course, it's an untitled match.
2: Now, Stack ask Bachwinkle if he has a favorite in this tournament and Buckwick was like no not really I could care less he just wants to see all these guys get hurt so they can't challenge him I love this actually this is like saw
1: logic. It's like basically this tournament exists so that any contenders they will just like kill each other right. and then I won't have to fight them <laughs> right right it's like, exactly it's like uh. I don't care about the Southwest title it's like who gives a shit I'm the world champion right <laughs> It's real. It's real.
2: So we finally go up to the ring where Bachwinkle steps in. Uh, Jack How is our referee? Who? Uh, he looks like a golf. He or does. It looks like belongs in the PGA. <laughs> you know who was playing during this period of time? Ernie Els was he around? Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, of course. Uh, Mike Graham looks rather spry.
1: I think he looks like a dork. He does very looks, dorky. He looks dorky. How is this guy like one of the top guys in Florida? Like, what even was Florida, if that's the case? He looks... Florida looked a lot like him, I think, back yeah. in the yeah. early 80s. Okay. So yeah. That's how they
2: looked. Uh, I
1: mean, he has a Speedo
2: on, so that's man, very Florida. Yeah. Uh, Luthez, of course, is with Steve Stack yeah. on commentary. And uh, he sings the praises of Nick Bockwinkle's dad, only Luthez.
1: Lou is, like, friends with him. Like, <laughs> he was from, like, the Stone Age, remember? <laughs> it's real.
2: Uh, he knew Fred. Yeah. Lockups go nowhere for a little bit until Graham gets a shove offside of the headlock
1: by Graham and he grinds it in. Now, I must admit, Bockwinkle's in, like, really good shape for this late in his career. Like, he doesn't yeah. look like shit. Like, he looks no. good.
2: And he'd be retiring in about three, three and a half years yeah, or so. Like, be he looks done.
1: like he could go another ten. Yeah. Like, I swear, like, I have to give Bockwinkle credit. He never looked bad. I
2: don't think he ever did. Yeah. When he was always in good It's condition. kind of
1: a shame that he never was, like, in the WWF or, like, As the MW, a wrestler or, like, the Crockett's or anything like that. Like, wow. He kinda looks like he belongs. Like as like a wrestler, I mean, not just like guy on commentary or something. Maybe in Crockett, I don't know about WF. I don't know, you don't think so? Maybe in the in the early seventies. I get I feel like he has the build even for WF.
2: Yeah, there's a build. Mm-hmm. Lou extols the virtues now of both men's amateur backgrounds as we get a side headlock on the mat. Lou straight up says that Bachwinkle is sometimes not a spectacular wrestler and he looks <laughs> bad sometimes. I what? love Lou's style. I don't know what he's talking he, about, though. Straight shooter. I don't know yeah. either. Uh still in the headlock here but uh Bachwinkle's up. A shove off and a hip toss by Bach. Kickoff by Graham and a body slam by Graham now. Bockwinkle with a body slam of his own, but he walks into an arm drag and then he hits a side headlock again by Graham. Mm. Finally getting out of that headlock and into an O'Connor roll by Mike Graham for two. Side headlock and a takeover again by Graham. Luthes really likes this match, though.
1: He's very excited. <laughs> I am very bored. It's like the same like couple moves over and yeah. over again. It's like headlock, arm drag, yeah, takedown. like Work
2: on the arm. It's solid. But it's just nothing amazing. Not, they're not doing anything. No. Two count for Graham off the headlock as Steve Stack asks Luthez if he's ever gotten caught loafing and been pinned by a side headlock. And lose like, yeah, early in my career, I
1: have. <laughs> That's kind of funny <laughs> yeah. because you know, like, probably not, but he's just trying to just be like, yeah, I was young once. Yeah, I was like, young, you know, and yeah, He wants to, like, yeah. Like, he wants to leave the possibility open. Yeah, you know, there's that, no way
2: that happened on, like, a show or anything. I don't think so. Uh, both men get up, Bachwinkle with a corner whip and a sleeper. Graham is able to break it with a corner ram, but Bob Winkle lurches forward, sla- snaps on the sleeper again. Another corner ram, and now Graham with an arm drag, kick off by Buck Wiggle, wrist lock, takedown by Graham, back to the headlock. For the record, I thought Steve Stack, a
1: stupid name aside, yeah. very adequate announcer. I was, yeah, I was okay Fine. with him, like he wasn't... He didn't annoy me or anything. He puts over the product. Um, yeah. His mustache sucks. But other than that, Hick, he's fine. Bad mustache.
2: Yeah. Uh, so he does mention that we are at the junction in San Antonio, Texas here as Bach Winkle stands up. Backs Graham in the corner, throws a series of knees. I know you said the uh, golfer, the ref looked like a golfer. I also thought he looked like a Target employee. Yeah. <laughs> red shirt and khakis. Yeah, he also had white sneakers <laughs> he, on.
1: He did. It's very like, very preppy for a ref. Yeah, you know what? A little preppy. And he didn't look like a dweeb. Like, he wasn't, like, lanky and, like, too much hair on his head. Like, he was just kind of, like, normal. Like he just too looked much like much hair. Like he like he's, it's like you said. He just looked like a guy you would meet at Target or something. Yeah, like yeah. nothing. Like he's not strange. He's not like Danny Davis or anything. No, right? like, oh god. Where did this guy come from? Like, like a sword. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drop told to by Bockwinkle and he grapevines the leg. Lou says it's awesome how this is the first match here because you know they used to call the opening match a curtain raiser and now this is like a main event. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: like, it's like
2: dude, like
1: it's Headlock City, like, and it's get a the non-title ball, match. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Louis just like he's very excited about the product. I mean, he's got that commissionership now. It's it's really like his meal ticket. He has a
2: vested interest in this, right? I'm going to buff it up a little bit. Side headlock still going on here. Shove off by Bockwinkle. Drop to hold again and back to the leg lock by the champion. Graham reverses to the side headlock again.
1: Come on! It's <laughs> like the same moves over and over again. I know. So annoying. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. This match is a bad way to start. I hate to say. It it's
2: is. long, too. Yeah. Uh, Bockwinkle gets up, throws some shoulders in the corner. Snap mare in a two-count. Really nice backbreaker gets two for Bockwinkle as we get forearms by Bockwinkle. get
1: on with it? <laughs> I'm trying.
2: <Yeah. laughs> corner whip and kicks to the midsection. Another whip is reversed and now Graham has a snap mare as the bell rings. Oh my god! Time limit has expired. Are you fucking Quinn?
1: serious. Yeah. That they just they, that was like literally like that could have been two squashes. Instead, we just did this one like them lying around for different, a while. Different uh, t-
2: different promotion
1: here. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah, and Lou thinks it was good. Yeah. So I guess it told okay. a story. It yeah. told a
2: story that a uh, young Mike Graham could hang with the world's heavyweight champion. At least he drew a dime. He drew, uh, yeah, he drew with Bachwinkle and he drew a dime, I guess, yeah. here. He's so on more than one dime. <laughs> That's
1: right, at least 20 cents. Yeah. We go to break. We come back with Steve Stack, who is with Mike Graham now. If you notice, we were counted in. So maybe this is kind of like master test feed or something. Yeah, like, right. I, There's count ins so to this. On, on every single commercial break, it's just like five, four, three, yeah. two, and then they blank it, I guess, so that it's like easier to edit or something. Right. And then like it goes. Yeah, this seems yeah. like a station master or something yeah. like that, right? Something like that. Yeah. There's well, no it's commercials. Got, it's got the little holes so they can just insert the
2: commercials. There you go. Uh, Graham says that he admires Bockwinkle, but he can be beaten, and that he never drew a dime. Okay, it doesn't say that, but we talk about the big tournament coming up and how he's been running every single day, like
1: literally running, you know, yeah. jogging,
2: just what was to- that like,
1: an- anecdote. By the <laughs> way, trying to like, build
2: up his stamina is just really you know? funny because just-
1: all I was thinking of was like Brett running on the ice or whatever. You know, of course,
2: they had to come up and film me running in Calgary in the winter when it's a twenty below. That looks stupid. Meanwhile, Lost to my dad. <laughs> meanwhile, my dad's beat me up. Meanwhile, Shawn Michaels doing upside down push-ups. All right. Anyway, Brett, enough, picking, enough, picking Brett.
1: heavy metals ass or something. <laughs> heavy <And> that, metal. <laughs> you know what I mean. It was like <laughs>
2: Hector Garza. Yeah, uh, I don't know, John. Uh, so Stack wants to know if uh, Mike Graham now has any favorites in this tournament. Graham's like, no, I don't care. Why it's, does he stop asking that question? Yeah, Mike Graham, <laughs> he doesn't. Like, he doesn't care. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, Stack now throws to ringside work. Where- adrian adonis
1: is wandering around in his jacket and his same wf attire also it's interesting to see this is like where adrian wandered off to because this is like exactly joe yeah like where we are like this one one this is exactly where we are in wf right now in our january 83 reviews Yeah, right so that's kind of nuts that's like remember i think a couple weeks ago or maybe it was even the last one we were like where is adrian and like well he's right here he's in the Southwest Tournament or whatever. Hanging out down there? Yeah.
2: His opponent in the ring is Terry Daniels, just a, a jobber. Uh, side headlock by Adonis into a hammerlock
1: on the mat. And Lou likes Adonis, but he says that he's a street fighter, Quinn look at all the street fighting going for like pins immediately. like it's like what yeah, bad timing they with Lou saying Lou's that Lou's like yelling like hey oh he's a street fighter and, and he's it's like, like <laughs> he's doing like wrestling holds yeah. and you're like what like, it is true
2: yeah. he's like reversing arm arm locks and stuff yeah. going for roll ups yeah. uh, so, not
1: a wrestler <laughs> <laughs> it's like what yeah
2: <laughs> so they roll around on the mat actually for a few minutes back up and yeah they, it's not <laughs> even
1: like uh, it's not like I'm just like joking and that was no. for like a second like he's doing it's it real. for like a while yeah
2: <laughs> back up and Adonis with a a roman and then a quick takedown, hammerlock and a snapmare by Daniels, arm and an arm bar of his own. Uh, as the announcers talk about now, the kids watching at home, and they're trying to use the moves on their friends, and they're getting hurt, and Lou's like, don't fucking do that. And that's why, kids... This is what he said. Lou's like, that's why the amateur rules are different than the professional I rules. I couldn't believe
1: he said that. He's shit. like, because we're fucking professionals. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I love him. <laughs> and then don't fucking do the wrestling to your friends, asshole. Like,
2: yeah, that's the whole point, right? And what
1: is it? Like, this comes up more than once in the did. did like, something happen in the news recently?
2: Maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know
1: what, but they keep talking about it.
2: <laughs> Lou says, uh, for that matter, you shouldn't try a lot
1: of other things you see on TV. Also, yeah. <laughs> so- Oh, yeah, and then they're, like, joking around and, like, even the mustache thinks it's all funny. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah.
0: The kids setting at home, they watch this, they see this. They try to use these moves on some of their friends, and they, they're getting hurt. We don't want that to happen. These are professionals, wow. and uh, don't practice this on your friends and your neighbors. It certainly shouldn't happen, and that's why amateur wrestling rules are different than professional rules, because we got to protect the young people.
2: Nice drop kick by Daniels and another arm drag into an arm bar. Adonis is up. Irish whip and a beautiful clothesline by Adrian. He tosses Daniels through the ropes, back it through the ropes, uh, back in and Adrian clamps on the good night Irene sleeper and Daniels quickly, quickly fades and it's all over with. Good. yeah. Like, I don't want
1: to... Yeah, I mean, that didn't need to be <laughs> no. more than
2: three minutes. No, 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 yeah. no. That was fine, just as it's it was. like, we
1: got our long match. Yeah. Can we just have a bunch of little squashes yeah, now?
2: That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Daniels bleeds from his mouth or something like that. I don't and know they, what that was I about.
1: Who is this dork
2: Daniel? Because they're like
1: he started against Adrian and this is like a rematch for like yeah. what I don't know what that Who was Who the
2: fuck is this guy you I've jobber. never even heard of him in my life he's nothing uh, Adrian uh, refuses to break for a while as Steve Stack says uh, Adrian better wake him up because you don't want that
1: young man out for too long the, he tries to sell that he's like bleeding from the mouth that that's like some kind of like internal yeah. brain injury or you know what I mean like yeah. he was like insinuating that that's like what was happening there was an insinuation meanwhile it was probably he just like cut his lip yeah, like on something like. Yeah.
2: Adrian then he yells Merry Christmas to the crowd yeah. before punching Daniels what to wake him up. What is that
1: Merry Christmas shit? Like, that was weird because I know funny. it's like we're close to Christmas but it's not Christmas at all. It's probably taped a few days after or something yeah. like
2: that is what I would think.
1: Uh, we go to break Quinn and we come back here
2: where Steve Stack is with Don Carson. Who? I have no like, who idea. who the fuck
1: is this guy? He's so up.
2: old. Like, I looked him up. Yeah, he was what, a wrestler what, a long time ago. What,
1: in the 30s? He's know, like 100. 50s maybe, oh, God, yeah. he's so decrepit looking. <laughs> It really bothered me how old he was. He manages uh, the Ninja Warrior. Who? And the Masked Grappler. Who are these people? (laughs) Who are any of these people? Like, honestly. I don't know them. This is like a bunch of Masked Fools, like ninjas and shit. Like, what is this crap? Like, who? Who are
2: they? Well, Ninja Warrior is
1: Mr. Pogo. Who? From Japan. Who is that? I don't even know. You've heard of him i have? I don't think so. Mr. Pogo? <laughs> yeah. What is he, from Dragon Ball? Like, what? I don't understand. Mr.
2: Pogo. I don't understand. The Masked Grappler, one of them, is Len Denton, who you might know as... The grappler, I, and, uh, I don't know who that is. And the other mass
1: grappler, Quinn, is Tony Anthony. Okay, I know that's the plumber don't,
2: man. Yes, dirty white, boy. a dirty white boy, the right? Plumber. Yes, Duke now, the plumber. Whatever. Now, now, Duke the plumber. Now Carson cuts like a weird need a cough drop promo. He's like, oh my grapplers are the best hands. So- he's, he's bad.
0: It doesn't make any difference exactly what
1: happens. There's one thing for sure, Ken Lucas, you will not be involved. (laughs) Literally, he looks like he, like, belongs in a retirement home. Like, I swear, he's like... He's like the slick kind of guy like that. Yeah, you know, he used to be he used to play cards or something. When right. He was like right. Young, a young man. But not anymore. He, now he plays like hearts or something hearts. at the retirement center. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, he
2: kind of reminds me of Colonel Parker, but like yeah. much worse. Well,
1: that's what he's going for. But again, a thousand like he's, he's like me, a thousand. Yeah. Like Methuselah or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Steve Stack is like, great. Now, get your team in the ring and get out of here. Basically, I don't want to hear from him. Yeah, he needs to go.
2: So, the opponents now, so these, just for the record, here's the match. It's the uh, Grapplers and the Mr. Pogo or whatever. Their opponents are in the ring, and it's the Cowboy Scott Casey. Yes, that
1: Scott Casey. No, he just said the Cowboy, and then he said some other name. Yeah. And Bob Sweetan. <laughs> yeah, so the, can I get, like, let me explain something to you? Because if you <laughs> noticed my notes, Joe, you know, yes. the way they say his name the whole time is like Sweet Tan. Yeah, which like, I don't know they, if you they, say they, it like that. They, but they separated yeah. every single time. And so the whole time I'm like, oh, his name's Sweet Tan. No, it's Bob Sweeten, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, later they said Bob and I was like Bob Sweet Tan <laughs> like sweet and, well, the thing is, is he actually has a decent suntan, so I was like, oh, I was like, oh that's, I, that makes sense, sweet tan. Like.
2: Now, it is, a, it is the first time we've ever seen Bob sweet tan, and we'll get into him later. He's good, I He's like okay. him. Yeah. Uh, Scott Casey is the Scott Casey. Yes. Who's always good when he's not in WF. Yeah. At first, they only just say the cowboy. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) Who's that? Bill Watts. It could be anybody. Bret Hart. Right. uh, And
1: Ricky Morton. The Ricky Morton, Quinn. Yeah. Now, Ricky Morton. That's weird. He's weird. He has short hair. So he kind of looks like the smelly kid with a mullet that you went to like elementary school with or something, like when you were a kid. The dirty kid. Yeah. Like he looks like a dirty child. Like I, I, I just, I can't think of anything else like the first thing i saw him i was like he's the smelly kid like from like with the juice stash <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know like with the mullet like because yeah, you know, know how we went mean. to school in like the early 90s so yeah. some kids had like the mullet also, oh yeah in, like, in
2: the mid 90s some of
1: them yeah, yeah i just mean that like yeah he just reminds me of like a really dirty child i
2: know what you're <laughs> yeah all right luthes wants to talk about televised wrestling for a minute here and how <laughs> luthes is awesome yeah and how southwest is unique Because the matches here are not made out of a hat, Mm -hmm. and they're very carefully calculated. They're fixed, It's an art, he says, (laughs) Quinn. It's not an accident. And furthermore, they're not these one-sided matches. They're
1: matches that are interesting, and they're real spectator sport matches. I love him! By that explanation, can that also be, like, in a weird way, if you think about it? Is that why only heels fight faces, is because... It's not fake, right? They right, it's just right, right. really good planning, like, that's and what that, it is. that's like why the heels and the faces always <laughs> fight each other. This is much more progressive
2: than AEW, folks. Right, this yeah. is real here. L-
1: listen, you know a TNT Network. They went wrong when they didn't contact Luthes' ghost <laughs> that's to it. like get this shit. Uh-huh. Like this is the shit they should have gotten. Absolutely, instead of AEW. He was way ahead of his time. Yeah. This guy. He's like, no, everything else you see sucks. Yeah, like Khan or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. AEW. He should have bought Southwest. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Revived it. Yeah. Morton starts out with grappler number one. I guess it is. They say it's number one. They Does don't even, it even know. Doesn't even matter if it's number. No. They literally look
1: <laughs> like one hundred percent the same. Like the both of their types say the grappler. Yeah, there's I'm no not, numbers. Like, there's no nothing to like. Like, and I don't even know how sweet um, fucking, not sweet, sweet, sweet mustache. Sweet Lou Piniella. What? Sweet mustache. Stack. Stack sweet mustache. Sweet mustache. I don't know how sweet mustache can tell the difference between these two fools. <laughs> he, like, honestly, like, how, he's just like, and that's two, and that's one, I'm like, how? Like, they're, they're just literally nothing different about them. Right, right, you're right about that. Yeah.
2: Total opposite of Vince pretending that you can't tell the difference between demolition. Right, you know? Like, it's,
1: like these guys would have done the demolition thing right. better because, like, Literally, you can't tell. No, I
2: had no idea. Yeah, uh, more with a her Karana, and then all six men are in. Body slams everywhere. Right hands. All chaos right from the start. Hell yeah. Faces clear the ring. Scott Casey is now in with grapple number one. Irish weapon duck under shitty dropkick by know? Casey. How do you know? I'm just taking a okay. Sweet Stash's word for okay. it here. Sweet Stash. Casey gets a hip toss. Uh, Morton back in now. Atomic drop on grappler number one side headlock, but number two tags in, pounds away. Morton right back in with the snapmare. Lou again bitches about how he's pleaded with promoters around the country to not have jobber matches, essentially. <laughs> he's like, you gotta stop with these one-sided matches, folks. so funny. I love it. I
1: love that Lou looks at it like as like it's fucking all real. Yeah, but like he's watching the fake stuff and being like, man, these jobber matches are not entertaining. Like, yeah. We want like superstars fighting superstars. Right, right. Yeah.
2: It's so good. Yeah. Bob Sweeten comes back in and he fats into a uh, grappler number two. Back to Morton who grinds in a side headlock and Scott Casey is now in and he gets a headlock on. Lou calls Casey a, uh, <laughs> I don't know what this was. It's like, that Scott Casey is a slick article.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. And then, and then like s- sweet stash. He's like, he's like. Very slick. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I literally like started laughing, right? Because the way, the way he's just like, very slick. Very like, slick. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Yeah, like, who says that?
2: Crapboard <laughs> number one is back in there with a nice backsuit play before tagging into uh, Ninja Warrior. Karate Chop by Ninja Warrior. And Lou says, hey, you got to watch out for that shit because they're sneaky with it.
1: <laughs> Lou is like very scared of the Karate Chop. Like, he acts like it is absolute death. <laughs> like, he should go watch Billy Graham right now. Oh my, oh my God. Lou would be like, oh man, like, nobody can fucking beat Billy Graham's yeah. karate chop. Shit. <laughs>
2: Okay. arm dragged by the uh, ninja and a kickoff by Casey so grappler number one is back in lands an awesome shoulder breaker but Morton breaks it up before a one count grappler number two is back in with a slugfest now and number one is back in hammers away number two and now with an arm ringer uh, some wh- pee and poo right yeah, there. pee and poo you got yeah. it Lou talks about how he's been uh, going to Japan since 1957 <laughs> just a little, st- why, why little story is, there why is this happening <laughs> why is he so? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just like Lou always does this he like so brings good. up random stories from the road or something I love it man I <laughs> yeah. love his commentary Bob
2: Sweetan Sweet Tan is now in with a tag Sweet Tan, get it right <laughs>
1: and they, they do say Sweet Tan They do, like, no They do not stack say stash does or anything Yeah, Stack Stash or whatever, yeah he cleans house on all three heels and somehow the hard camera gets like all slanted yeah what the hell is that it's like sideways cam and like they can't they are like, over they're like screwed like they can't fix it the yeah. whole rest of the match like and it's it's not that much time left it's just funny because yeah. they keep like doing the like number one number two so they but when they keep going back it's like all sideways because yes. they're like well fuck we, can't, we need this angle but yeah. it's sideways like, like they're like we'll have to work with it just for yep. the rest of this
2: match <laughs> it's true uh sweet tan goes for a pile driver on sweet the ninja tan. sweet yeah. tan Uh, but Carson scoops the leg the ref just sees it and calls the bell but we got chaos in the ring finally the heels leave your winners by DQ are Ricky Morton, Bob Sweet Tan, Sweet Tan, and the Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Lou grumbles though about how they're going to have to fucking stop this interference shit as <laughs> we go so to break. Bad. He's like, "No, we can't have this. no, this is, no, this is unacceptable." <laughs> We're back from break, and Steve Stack Quinn is with Ivan Putski. <laughs> what is this like? Wh- What's listen, he doing
1: there? We literally <laughs> saw him on like the last episode, <laughs> yeah. like on the same day. Like, he was probably on this show at the same... Almost like the Rick Rude incident. Like, he was, like, on at the same fucking time. Like,
2: yeah, it's true. What yeah. is he doing here? Yeah. Uh, he has a lilac-colored shirt on, which is very, very nice. And secondly, yeah, he's in the WWF. I guess Vince just doesn't
1: care. Now, he mentions... Uh, He's from Texas? Okay, wait, hold the hold the phone here, because, like, Ivan Putsky is very big about how he's from Poland. Like, <laughs> what is this all of a sudden, like, he's like, yeah, I, uh, Texas is my home, and I'm just like, what, excuse me? Like, I understand that he probably most likely lives in Texas. Yeah, because, I, think like, he he, I think he did. He's, Amer- he's probably lived in America forever, but, like, it's very weird for the Polish power to be like, my home, Texas. <laughs> yeah, like, It is like, weird. Like, he says it, like, he goes on and on about it. It's true. Yeah. Uh, and he says here, Quinn, that he's going to clean house and he's going to show some business. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's true. He does never lose. It's true. Now, do you think oh, this whole Texas bit really threw me for a loop? And I was wondering is like, do you think if Ivan. Ivan Putski here. Like, if he's he's probably lived in Texas for quite a while. If he's like says he's if he feels I would like, imagine so. Yeah, you know, at least like twenty years or something. Yeah, right? something like that. Let's say. Do you think that it's exaggerated his Polish accent? Do you think he no. has more of a Texas drawl by living there for so long? I don't think so. You don't I think? think that's his real voice. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, back up to the ring now, where Tully Blanchard
2: is squaring off against El Santo Negro. Uh, Arm drags by Santo. Tully, I don't know who that is, by the way. I. Just- I, I mean,
1: who cares. Honestly, it's not the El Santo. Honestly, yeah, it's not the El Santo. This is the black version of him. Remember, he's got a black mask on. Yeah, the Black Saint. Uh, yeah, Tully no. has red and black tights
2: on, like his yeah. almost standard
1: tights. Wait a sec. The whole the Black Saint thing, right? Yeah. Like, does that mean there... Is there like actually like the white version of him? Or, no, I don't or, know. Or There's green just or El purple? Santo.
2: Okay that's the only other one i know of yeah i
1: didn't know i just was like Green curious because like, yeah it was just it was just like very specific that the color in spanish was at the end of it so i was like oh is there like another el santo <laughs> right right uh lou of course brings up tully's
2: dad joe blanchard mm-hmm. take down by tully and a ride on the mat into an armbar fireman's carry by tully and back to the armbar again both men get up lock up and tully with a wrist lock and back to the
1: mat with an armbar Okay, seriously, this arm worked just enough. I like, know. every fucking match. <laughs> like, it's so annoying. It's all the same thing. Like, I don't even it care about this Tully match. I know. Because it's just like, he's got his arm. Grab <laughs> a tiger by the tail, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's like,
2: so boring. <laughs> Tully switches down to a headlock when is as Steve Stack would like Luthez to please compare Tully Blanchard to some wrestlers in the past, and lose like I don't know. He's size wise, he's like Jim Londos. Uh, Tully lands a great pile driver though for the win. Apparently that though, was like two seconds. Yeah, it long. was that was a squash. Yeah, apparently Tully did
1: the pile driver for Bob Sweet Tan, who don't also uses sweet, it. Sweet Tan, bro. So we cut to stack. Who was with Sweet Tan. Yeah, he was, like, pointing at Sweet yeah. Tan in the interview center
2: there. And Sweetan's like, whatever, I don't give a shit that you use a pile driver, like, fuck you. He looks so
1: crusty, like, <laughs> he has a shirt with his face on it, it's, it's great. good, I love this guy, like, he, you know who he reminds me of? Uh, sweet. Sweet Hansen, right? Yeah, he, a lot, like, I was like, man, it would be really cool, actually, if Sweet was a tag partner with, with Sweet, sweet, sweet. Tan. <laughs> Well,
2: apparently Sweet Han was a piece of, uh, Sweet in real life.
1: What does that mean?
2: There were some problems. He had some problems. Oh. I don't want to get into it later oh, on no. in his life. Uh, I don't want to talk oh, about it no. right now. Okay. You, can, you I, can look that one up. I didn't know. As a wrestler, he's fun. Yeah. As a person...
1: I see. Uh, most wrestlers didn't like him. They said he was a piece of shit. I never heard of him <laughs> until this thing. And I was like, this guy seems like fun. <laughs>
2: he, he's in the ring, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, great. This is
1: great. Oh, okay. But, uh, so in real life, no. There, there's apparently not... There's some things. Okay.
2: But uh, more importantly, Sweet Hand now... Wants to tell the young children again to not fucking do the
1: wrestling moves to each other. He feels very bad. Yeah, he talks about some kid did a pile driver to some other kid and he yeah. broke his neck or yeah. some shit. Right, so very nice. Be- very, very, very nice. nice. But then
2: Stack's like, huh, oh, but you'd like to do that to Tully Blanchard, wouldn't you? And
1: yeah, he's what like, was that <laughs> line? He's like, he like, he's Stashy over here, he really fucking like turned it around. Yeah.
2: He's like, oh yeah, good, yeah, don't hurt each other, but you want to kill uh, Tully Blanchard, don't right, yeah? you? Right, you want to break his neck but like <laughs> yeah. the kid did, right? And he's like,
1: yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, that's fucking wrestling. Like, what the hell?
2: And then he rambles on and on and on about the tournament, nothing important. Thank Thankfully, we go to break and we come back where uh, <laughs> Juan Reynosa and Hangman Bobby Jaggers are going to have a match. Who are these people?
1: Who are they? <laughs> like, why are they here? And why They're the- literally like just killing time.
2: Why is Bobby Jaggers dressed like Larry Sharp?
1: Yes, he's I said this, too. He's got like the monster factory types. The ones where like Bo Bradley or whatever. Remember like yeah, when Larry Sharp, like came and like, it's like, here's my friend, Bo, <laughs> like, you know, take care of him. And then he just like piled around him and killed him and then left. Bob Bradley. Yeah. Uh, Juan
2: Reynosa is built like Taz will be in like 10 years. <laughs>
1: like <that>. Yeah,
2: basically. Lots <laughs> well, of punching here. Irish whip by Jaggers in the knee. Steve Stack. <laughs> it says like look this shit's taped on monday nights yeah. so if you want to come here's the address
1: it's like an eight or something yeah. i forget what it says but yeah and he's like there's a slight admission charge yeah, That's i don't know why he didn't give an exact price He's just like you know just like a little bit to get in i'm guessing like two dollars yeah. or something like, like as if you already have the money on you like, right by it's a, chance it's something that you would keep for like soda pop right. or something like it's not like a lot maybe it's like a nickel to get in i not soda pop uh, isn't that what they call in texas is, I don't that, know. is that an area of the country where they call it pop instead? or just or just pop yeah i said I mean, it was like the middle part of the country like in middle general. america
2: just, yeah but this is southwest
1: yeah i'm just saying north i thought it was always like from canada to mexico like in between that's the soda pop region right there's
2: some there. area where they call it coke where all soda is called coke isn't that like here practically no no we call it soda Yeah, soda Anyway, swinging neckbreaker by Jaggers gets two. Renosa with some uh, punching. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, just back and forth junk
1: wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know dude. what you it's mean. Like bad. Like, this This match stunk. Yeah. Like, this was just nothing. <laughs> it's crappy, yeah. Like, but I was like, who should even win? Like, <laughs> I like, I don't even care who wins, to be honest with you.
2: Lou Meltzer here brings up Jim Londos again. <laughs> and uh, Jaggers with a three count off of, like, I, I think a clothesline while Lou is talking. I, no no one cares.
1: Literally, this match was it was It was like, well, there's three minutes like there's like seven minutes left in the show yeah and like we need to like leave only like five for the right. ending so it's like let this play like lou is literally talking over the finish and steve stack has to like interrupt and
2: be they like don't uh, care finish here yeah whatever
0: and uh, uh like i said Jim jimlandus was very very good there was a the hangman lou bobby hangman jaggers got him. bobby jaggers got
2: that hangman up there now, Steve Stack is with Adrian Adonis, and Adrian calls him Johnny Jackstaff, and he says he wants to talk about how he used to defend his block in
1: New York, and he put Crazy Larry out of business. Now, Crazy Larry, <laughs> is he referring to Crazy Eddie, Maybe? Can't say Crazy Eddie? Maybe. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know, but then he's like, so why am I here in Goat Roper City?
2: <laughs> what the fuck is that comment? Oh, no. But he's, Adrian is really he funny is here, Quinn. He's the man, he says, and he's going to prove it to all the long cyber and freaks with the cowboy hats, the six-pack, the Cadillac, the, the cowgirl, whatever, he Calls out Bob Sweden says sweet he's hand. sweet Sweetan hand, says he's rough, says he's tough. He ain't good looking though, but he's gonna drop him on his dog and, and how with wrestling, Daddy. And you don't believe me? Psh, who cares? That's a great promo. He gets, very, very good. He yeah. gets all worked up and he says that Sweetan's hair is gonna turn red. It already is red, <laughs> but okay. Know. He says you had a taste, now you're gonna have a meal. And I own Texas. Me and Jr. Ewing. That's my only friend in Texas. Good fucking. It's promo. so good. Like, very right? good. It, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Steve Stack sends us home. Happy ending music here. I love to the it. ending credits, you know, glorious slow Quinn.
1: Yep. And uh I had no issue with it. It was okay. It's okay. A little slow, but you know, good enough. Good enough. But yeah, it wasn't like here's the thing. I don't think it was as good as the last episode that we did of this, but this was like, you know, on on the level.
2: Very much on the level, right? Yep. There was nothing uh offensive here. Mm-hmm. The crap was short. The uh Bachwinkle Graham match was obviously like the feature match wasn't that good wasn't that good I mean, it's a slow TV match for yeah. 83 but overall man this promotion you could see why people like them because they were solidly
1: produced yeah entertaining personalities uh, good Good in-ring action overall. I just, you know, I just don't think USA Network was in enough homes at this point in time for this to catch on. Because well, it yeah, was like it thing. was the early 80s. The mid-80s is when cable really started. Right. Like Everyone had cable at that point.
2: Yeah, and within eight months they'd be thrown off and Vince bought the slot so we never would have known what would have happened to right. them.
1: The way I think of cable. cable honestly is like and I know this just from like you know, hearing from older people, my parents and stuff, right? Who like lived through like the emergence of cable, like the very, very beginning of sure. it. Yeah, was that like a lot of people? Honestly, the big like killer app, I guess you would call for like cable, was MTV.
2: <laughs> MTV, yeah, right, right. 1980, In, I think, or eighty one. Yeah.
1: So, but it took you know, obviously, a couple years to everyone be sure. like I want to get MTV, but I, you know, I have to save up for it or whatever to pay that that price. That, right, and then it had a song. I want my MTV. Right, dire and then Straits. by the mid '80s, everyone was like, "Okay, we got cable now," and that's when like all these like so Vince got in there like right, right like, on he, time. He like <laughs> cut them off yeah. right before anybody could really. Only the early adopters probably saw this Southwest stuff. Good point. Yeah, yeah.
2: this was replaced with uh, for the record, All American Wrestling. Right, was the show that mm-hmm. Vince took. Uh, but yeah, a nice little snapshot of SCW when it was doing well, when it had its right. nice deal going, and. Not hard to figure out why people would like it. It would last about two more years, this promotion in general. I had fun doing it. You know, it's yeah, a nice it was little distraction. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. And folks, we hope you enjoyed a nice little distraction from your day here as we have yet again romped you through the world of retro wrestling. Uh, we will, of course, be back next week for another round of the Royal Flush. That'll be fun. Very you know, flushy. Very flushy. And in the meantime, if you want to submit a segment to uh, the quest to the wheel you stop, I should say, email us at OVP at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and our quest to 10,000 followers. And of course, join the Facebook group. And if you want to donate, it is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we are out of here. See ya.
0: Adrian Adonis. Well, let me tell you something, Johnny Jack staff. Anyplace else, you're camping out. Well, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about Adrian Adonis. Let's talk about the man from New York City. The man that fought for the corner, defended his block every week no charge daddy everybody got their punishment the man that put crazy Larry out of business with Goodnight irene the man that misconceptuated his spirits he can't remember the cream and sugar anymore the man's berserk he's a vegetable city daddy I'm telling you something else i manipulated everybody downtown uptown like so many nickels and dimes in my pocket now why am i here in goat roper city downtown whatever redneck i'll tell you why reputation i got the game, wrestling. Adonis, the man, and I'm gonna prove it to all you goat ropers, you long sideburned freaks with the cowboy hats, six pack, Cadillac, cowgirl, whatever. Get down to the nitty gritty business, Daddy. Bob Sweetcan, the man that feels no pain. I'm telling you something. The man is tough. The man is rough. The man ain't good looking. The man took a beating. No sense, no pain. But let me tell you something, Mister Sweetcan. Five thousand dollars could be in my pocket party and money for a long time All i gotta do is drop you on your noggin how am i gonna do it i'll tell you how i'm gonna do it with wrestling daddy what it says on the marquee i'm the world's best at it, and everybody knows from uptown downtown jackson heights the bronx and down to manhattan you don't believe me Pfft, who cares bob sweet Hand, you're gonna be a stepping stone i'm gonna get in the groove but i'm gonna do it with spirit and i'm gonna do it new york city style legal Good night, Irene. The python like arms are on your neck. You got a taste of it, Bob Sweetan. In San Antonio. You got a taste of it, so did Dick Slater. What happened? You were out. It took some sleazy referee to put his hands on my long locks to get me off. But now, I'm not gonna let you go, man. You're gonna suffer with pain. You're gonna feel it, man. Your hair's gonna turn red. It's gonna be fried, dyed, and laid it aside, daddy. Bob Sweetan, you had a taste of it now you're gonna get a meal you may be tough but i'm rougher daddy let's get done let's prove it to texas let's prove it to new york but most of all (laughs) cry for your mother daddy cry for her daddy because you know when you're helpless when you're old you always look for a helper have somebody spoon feed you is your blue cross blue shield paid up i don't care 14 years I lived in life, death, on the streets. What do I care, man? I'm off for reputation. Girls, dime a dozen, man. Quality, not quantity. Quality. Professional wrestler, Adrian Adonis, the man of the hour. Own Texas. Me and JR Uni, my only friend in Texas. Right? Thank you very hey, the much. The pleasure you. was all yours.